Hello, hello, and welcome to the Inglorious Pastors Podcast, where we talk about spirituality, news, and send our thoughts and prayers to Quasimodo. Wow. Jesus Christ. It's fine. No, no one died. The French will be fine. They still have kissing and fries. It's fine. My name what? is Michael Basinger. With me are Brad Polly. Wow. I, Matt Polly. I'm I'm leaving. Like And together we are the white trash bitch, Like God, you are the worst. The absolute it, worst. It's not even done burning, Michael. Jesus Christ. Literally, it's been around since eleven sixty. It's a building, guys. It's fine. <laughs> no one died. It's fine. When did you become a Trump supporter? It, what does that have to do with it Trump? Is, it That's is exactly a, what a fucking Trump is, supporter would say. No. It is a very Trumpy thing to say. No, it's fine, guys. God. Wow. It's fine. Good lord, that is at MJ Basinger. <laughs> can we can we do a disclaimer that uh, the views expressed on this podcast are Michael Basinger's and his alone? You don't want to send your thoughts and prayers. Maybe you can. Shut no, I don't want to send my thoughts and prayers. You're a terrible to you, maybe <laughs> for your soul. Announcements next week. We're doing Ask a Void. 484 Pastor. Yes, that's 484 727 8373. Maybe you can ask Michael why he's such a bad person. (laughs) The number will be in the show notes. No, the question. So, any questions that you would ask the proverbial void, call now. Stop, pause the podcast and ask. You can ask why I am. If you're still listening after the introduction. Yeah, 484. Which many of you probably aren't now. And you guys didn't even catch the part where I called our our podcast the White Trash Liturgists. Yeah, I did. I'm just going to embrace it now. I'll embrace that. However, not going to not really going to celebrate the uh, burning, the burning of a almost a world landmark of a Michael. world landmark of art gothic it architecture. It wasn't intentional. It doesn't matter. It's still sad. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Christ. I just can't even. I li- I I literally can't even with it. I have no idea what to do. I yeah. Call quick. Call Four eight four pastor to ask the boy a question for next week. I got a little dark. <laughs> hey, hey, what are you drinking? Hey, hey, not I enough. No, I'm gonna get wasted gonna just get to forget all that. Matt is visibly angry right now. <laughs> I he just, is like shaking his head, just like just I, trying to. I'm shake just it trying off to figure out what the hell along. just happened. We're doing a podcast. What are you guys drinking? Are we? Allegedly. allegedly. God, can we edit that, please? <laughs> no. Just something different. Oh God. The, the, all, the, the original was uh, spirituality news and Tiger Tiger Wood Jaw. Well, that would have been that better. would have been better. That would have been, been better. Yeah, that would have been a lot better. <laughs> Jesus Christ, what are we drinking? Well, I don't know. Uh... From Avery Brewing Company in Boulder, Colorado, I'm having the Avery Lager. It's just, it's just a fantastic lager. Yeah, it's maybe the Statue really of Liberty different. will fall over next week, and we can make God, fun of that. Seriously, too. who cares? <laughs> no, we're not Nobody's doing this. Nobody's dead. No, I'm not doing this. Nobody's dead. I'm done with this conversation. We'll let everybody else go after him. I'm done with this. Matt, what are you drinking? Um, from Avery, uh, also Ellie's. Uh, Ellie's Brown. Yeah, I had that Brown one Ale. last week. It's, it's great. Damn good. Yeah. yeah. That's a good brewery. Yeah. Man, good brewery. I'm like starting to wonder, like, am I going to get shit? People are actually. Yes, you fucking you are. And you you are <laughs> going to get it and you're going to deserve every bit of it. It's fine. We should fucking start over, honestly. <laughs> no. like, it, it's <laughs> Upland. I'm drinking uh, Life Exotic Summer Ale by Upland Brewing. That's also good. Yeah. It's a good, refreshing beer. Yeah. It's, uh, it's, yeah, I really like it. It's. 
chill and zest. Chill with zest. Yeah, that's something like that. Ale with lemon and tangerine zest. Yeah, you can really Pretty taste great. that. Again, <laughs> definitely a citrus flavor to yeah. it. Yeah, and later on we're gonna have um, Old Forester, Old Foresters Kentucky Straight Rye Whiskey. We've not had this one. Nope. Yeah, Old Forester makes some pretty damn they good do. stuff, man. It's Everything really I've solid. had from them has been, yep. been really good, so I'm looking forward to that. Yep. We'll let um, you know once we drink it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this round is on the Pastors Pub. If you'd like to buy us around, head on over to patreon.com slash Pastors Podcast. Uh, you will get access to our spinoff podcast, Access Access to the Pastors Pub. Gosh. I don't want to live. Uh, it's a closed Facebook group where we talk about life, spirituality, and everything else. I literally don't have a soundbite to accurately display how I feel right now. No, Things discussed in the pub this week. Uh, Pete Buttigieg. Yeah, man. Yep. Yeah. I, had a I was in South Bend today. I was hoping he'd come into the Starbucks. I was in it yesterday, and I was like, luckily I missed all the traffic. But yeah, I actually had a dream last night that I was hanging out with him. Like a really a, weird, vivid dream. That is a very... It was weird. Dream. Yeah, it was like... Yeah, it was super weird. I was giving him advice about his campaign. <laughs> seems to be yes. doing pretty well himself, actually. Yeah, he yeah. does. He seems to be doing all right. Yeah, he lost by 40 points in my dream. I have no idea why. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do you think he can erase the sins of, uh, of Mike Pence? No, probably not. You mean as far as being from Indiana? Yeah. 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 I mean, I think it would help. I, my favorite part is if he wins, he's going to give... The fucking Christian right, an aneurysm. oh, it'll be so great, an aneurysm, it would be the best thing ever. Oh my god, I can't wait. I, I honestly can't wait because they've already started. Because the guy that actually goes to church and isn't actually a Christian, he just happens to be gay. Yeah, and well, he's Episcopalian. That's they've, not got even a real to, Christian they've got to they've got to side with Donald Trump uh-huh. as a Christian over uh-huh. that, and yeah. it's just going to be the best thing ever. Yeah. Michelle Bachman said today that he's the most Christian president yes. we've ever had or may or will ever have. It, that stuff just doesn't even it like, just rolls straight off. It, it, me you just gaslit yourself. Like it's, it's just, just gaslighting yourself into yeah, an alternate it's just reality. So, it's just so insane. I don't yeah. even get angry about it anymore. No. It's just it's just so stupid. And that viewpoint is dying mm-hmm. and it's with within a generation, yeah, that shit will be done. Yep. And you know, kind of like Roar said, you know, sometimes generation has to die. Yeah. Yeah. For yeah. real change to happen. So yes. Maybe. Including our mother, actually. Even so, wow. Even yeah. so, so come yeah. Lord Jesus. Yeah. Hey, remember <laughs> that one time when uh, Richard Rohr talked about your yes, mom dying? Yeah. Yes. Pretty great. Yeah, it was. Uh, That's all right. It's, it's Rohr, so I'll give him a pass. Also discussed in the in the, in the Pastor's <laughs> Pub this week, uh, dreams of Billy Patterson's deviled eggs. So somebody had a dream about him. So I, I have nothing. I don't either. Nothing on if that. You're, if you're dreaming about Billy Patterson At bringing... All. Well, yeah. If, That's fair. <laughs> oh gosh. Um, also discussed uh, Game of Thrones. That was apparently that something that's happening. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know. Don't give a I, shit. I've never. I watched like two episodes, like of season one once. Yeah, and I, I watched season one. It just didn't do anything for yeah. me. I just didn't. That's you fine. read the books? Four and a half of them. Four and a half. Well, there's like 14 of them. Or no, there's five. Oh, oh so. You, <laughs> well, I don't give a shit. What in the world did you bucks. stop then? I don't know. Like, I kept I kept thinking it was going to go the somewhere. Matt thing ever. It was going to go somewhere, and I was kind of committed to it. And the first one was fine, and the second was a... Like, it kind of got incrementally... There was just too many fucking characters, for one thing. I mean, Jesus. I mean, it's worse than a Russian novel. So you're, you're, you were 4.5 fifths in... And just like, mm-hmm. I'm pulling out. Yep. 
Yeah, they just it was just boring as shit. They were just yeah. people wandering around in the mist. I mean, it just wasn't. There just wasn't anything there. It is. It's all it fucking was. Yeah. I, like I something about dragons and slaves and people wandering. I was around watching the some woman like in the first. One, first one or two episodes getting like basically raped and I'm like yeah, yeah i don't really think this is gonna be yeah. funny yeah. <laughs> Come, think Not i'm out thanks uh <laughs> had about enough of that and somehow the book is darker believe me oh i'm sure yeah yeah uh star wars rise of the skywalker rise of Looks skywalker great. yeah yeah i'm pretty excited i'm yeah. very excited right now because yeah. that uh christmas right yeah uh, well before like it'll december, be like december yeah. yeah um yeah i've been blowing up the the cantina in celebration we watched last jedi as a family oh yeah the, other night. the panel yeah nice. no we watched the movie the last oh, jedi oh, oh, yeah the other night as a family so that's awesome yeah it uh i watched i've watched uh the episode nine panel the clone wars panel um <laughs> and several interviews i forgot how freaking great that scene where kylo is trying to kill luke how great that scene uh-huh. is at the end yeah. god so when when the dust clears and he's still just standing there and he just wipes his uh-huh. shoulder off oh yeah. It's, so good. It gets a lot of hate, man, but that... I don't care. The, I, it's just, there, it's it, an enjoyable it, film. I feel bad even saying it gets a lot of hate, because it, it, it definitely... I hear more people saying they love it yeah. than dislike it. The Venn it. diagram of Star Wars trolls and Trump supporters is a perfect <laughs> circle. Yeah. I can almost guarantee it. I just don't it. get it. Like, you just enjoy... Like, just It's a fucking movie enjoy about it. a fake... It, it's, a fake universe. It's the same like, thing that drives me crazy about, like, food critics. I'm like, just enjoy your meal, man. Like, yeah. why do you have to pick everything apart yeah, I know. to, like, like, the like molecule? Movie, like, watch the other... 18 of them. I know. Yeah. You know? Yep. Finally watched Solo, actually, too. That's good, too. Yeah, that was fantastic. fun. It's, it's a fun. fun movie. It was fun. Donald Glover, yeah. was give great. him his own movies, like, yeah. forever. Yep. yep. So I can great watch it. that. And that, uh, The Infus Nest. Ooh, yeah. I would love to see a, a spinoff of just her. I think they are, are, aren't they? Aren't I they doing that? Well, according know. to my 10-year-old, they are. He's well, 11-year-old. Sorry, he just turned 11. They've talked about it. I mean, we'll, we'll see. I think it's more likely to get the the Disney Plus treatment. Wow. Mandalorian. Did you, have you guys seen any of the Mandalorian? No. no. So it's a uh, You Disney. care about it way more than we do, I do believe care me. You do. Yeah. Mandalorian looks awesome. It's basically following a Boba Fett type character. Oh, okay. Uh, in a, like a uh, bounty hunter syndicate. It's pretty, it's pretty great. <laughs> All right, that's enough of this I nerd, applied nerd to talk. One. I applied to a bounty hunter syndicate. Yeah. What would be your bounty hunter name? Huh? I don't know. Oh, well, we talked about it. It would be uh, Matty Pauls. That's your bounty hunter name. Matty Pauls. Yeah. Matty Pauls. <laughs> Matty Pauls. Yes, that'd make me Braddy Pauls. Braddy Pauls. <laughs> that sounds dirty. It's Braddy, a team. It's a team. Braddy Pauls. Brad, sounds Brad dirty. and I are bounty hunting team. Uh, and then uh, several people posted the the weird emu that. Killed Florida man. Yeah, man. It was posted like hell? five times. We get a lot of that in the pub now. There's so many people. Like mm-hmm. you'll see a certain news thing about six times mm-hmm. from different uh, yep. different people. Yep. So there. I feel bad for like the fourth person that gets. I like, do too. Two likes. I know. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, there is a search feature. If you'd like to just you <laughs> yep. know search before you post. <laughs> yep. So it takes public too much service. Time. Yeah, I know it does. <laughs> um. Yeah, I think. Where are we at? Where are we at? What are we doing? Um, what are we doing I think with we're this? gonna. We don't have any CCM or fat bastards or pros mm-hmm. and cons. So well, everybody all have like four newsfeed pieces. No, well, Stephanie Rice, we've got something. From oh, okay. Stephanie oh, Rice. okay. So okay, let's cool. go into the newsfeed. I gotta pull up Stephanie Rice's newsfeed piece real quick. Lock up your fears, dry all your tears, refill your beers. We're headed into the newsfeed. For this connection you, to go through. So you're gonna pull it up, or it's it's just all right. Do you want me to do it? Or you no, just it's, gotta, it's it's oh, almost here. Good. Here it is. There it All is. right. 
Um, the White House has oh, a no. rat problem, and everyone is making the same jokes. Yeah, it's sitting in the Oval Office there. <laughs> is that the, the joke? joke? Yeah. That's probably the joke. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, And the Vice President's office, and Stephen Miller's office. Donald Trump called the former personal uh, personal attorney, his personal attorney, Michael Cohen, a rat last year for turning on him. Uh, now it looks like the White House has a problem with another kind of rat. Uh, wait a second. Rat. How can you turn on somebody if you're innocent? Mm-hmm. Uh, wait a second. How's yeah. that work? So people are somebody took pictures of uh, rat traps in the White House, uh, which is just just hilarious. Um, but yeah, a yeah, building. Boy, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing that building that old. I'm guessing that the, the rat traps are there all the time for something a place that big and yeah, that old. Yeah, these are like let, right. Let us, the, I know. Well, I know. Let it, us have it, this it, one. It's like a, a little six by six box of of just a black box. Yeah. Like it, it, I, I doubt it's that out in the open that often. You know, you think there'd be some like special White House. I don't know, rat trap, a little <laughs> miniature like White a, House. Just laser. It's a laser trap or yep. something. Yeah, if it breaks the laser field, it just zaps it. Yes. There's just smoking rat everywhere. <laughs> so yeah. So their old building says the the general services administrated administration inspector general. Good grief! What a That's name! A hell of a title. <laughs> yes, it is. And the word "general" is in it twice. Uh, general services administration inspector general Brian Miller. Hmm. That's double general. Oh, B mills. Um, general B mills. Yes. <laughs> Yep. So excuse me, I'm the general lot inspector. A lot of lot of rats. There's there's a bunch of pictures online of like actual rats or of, just the traps uh, of the the traps. Um, bigger traps with cheeseburgers and diet cokes should they do put the there, trick. They were put there by the libs. So here, here trying to make trying to make our glorious divine master look bad. Mm-hmm. Here are some of the tweets. Uh, Bigger he's, gonna tra- ca- he's gonna catch the rats to own the libs. Yeah, buddy. Bigger traps with cheeseburgers and diet coke should do the trick. Um, <laughs> that's pretty good. They need a bigger. It's all low hanging fruit. It yeah, is, but it's but still that's, funny. That's yeah. good. Uh, do they do they have a trap that can hold a six foot three, two hundred thirty nine pound rat? Actually, it needs two hundred thirty nine. My ass. ass. If he weighs two thirty nine, actually, Jesus, I weigh shorter sixty pounds. And, and <laughs> wait, listen. It says actually, it needs to be shorter and wider. The rat lies about his weight. His um, torso weighs two thirty nine. Yeah. His My ass God. weighs one hundred and fifty by itself. Jeez. Somebody wrote something, something sinking ship. Somebody just posted a big box for uh, a Big Mac box. <laughs> that's pretty good. Uh, today in metaphors, um, <laughs> that's what they feed Steve Miller. Um, that actually might be true. God. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so that's. That's Stephanie Rice. Thanks, Steph. email Thanks, correspondent. Steph. Thanks, Stephanie, for all the rat jokes. <laughs> you uh, dirty rat! You killed my father. Prepare to die. <laughs> I don't know. It was like three. Yeah, mo- I don't know. Three either. movie quotes in a row. <laughs> Neither of us I, know. All right, somebody else take. Nobody this. knows. Somebody take the bat. Take it. Um, Louisiana man. Oh great, uh, Louisiana patrolman. Now, 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 are you just saying Louisiana man? So no, I'll play the song. No, he's actually from a Louisiana, Louisiana patrolman. Man, Louisiana. Oh God, man. I know this story. Charged with twenty counts of sex abuse against a police dog. Uh, what? what? Why? Hmm. Why are you fucking animals? I don't no, get it. I, like, yeah, I don't know. I, I feel like there's a lot of steps to get to that point. Like, I can't imagine you just wake up one day and like, man, that dog's. That dog looks great. Like, I, there's got like, what is the progression? Do you know what I want right Man, now? Man, that alien's pretty hot. We, For, yeah, we should have yeah, sex with it. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> Thank you. Uh, ten, uh, that's a dirty ten like points. Reference. I say ten points to Gryffindor if you uh, get the that's reference. Great. Um, a patrolman from Louisiana is accused of sexually abusing a police dog, and over twenty thousand people have signed a petition for his prosecution. Why does it take a petition to get this man prosecuted? Exactly is what I want to know. I would bestiality is still a crime. Yeah, I'm maybe pretty not sure. in Louisiana. Maybe not down in the bayou. But uh, yeah, what what's, what happens on the bayou stays in, in the bayou. When yeah. in Rome, uh, unless that bayou is sniffing out cocaine on people, apparently. Uh, according to a statement to released from stars. In Defense of Animals, an international orga- organization that protects animals, Terry Yetman is set to appear in court on <laughs> April 23rd. Why is <laughs> that funny? Fun? Just a funny name. Terry Yetman. Um, so you know old Terry down in, in the holler. August of he's been doing something weird with that dog down there. Man, yeah. I hear all kinds of yelps and just gonna let him go. Speaking of dogs, leg hopper. In August 2018, the Louisiana State Police Special Victims Unit launched an investigation into Yetman's alleged perverse animal abuse. Officials discovered electronic evidence of the once decorated. Officers acts of bestiality with a retired so police dog. So he videoed dog. it. All it says is electronic evidence. You so you he can videoed fill in the blanks it. there. So he he put Bro. it on on the internet. That's how. That's what happened. Jeez. So <laughs> and somebody saw it. This is this is so nuts. clearly there's a market for that type of video. Yeah, I'm sure there is. I'm. I don't want to know. I don't either. But I'm sure on the dark. Net. Oh, I'm sure there on is. the actual dark net. Yeah. There's a yeah. Uh, Yetman turned himself in and was booked like, into the... That's like, uh, it's the serial killer starter kit right there. Yeah. Uh... What, dog fucking? Yeah. I don't yeah. think that's true, but anyway. Animal, on, animal yeah, abuse. animal abuse okay. is. Uh, Yetman turned himself in and was booked into the Bossier County Maximum Maximum Correctional Facility. On Chris Hansen. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're not. Mm-hmm. Is that? No, you're on not. Chris Hansen. <laughs> Um, he was charged with 20 felony counts of performing sexual acts with an animal and 24 counts of filming the acts. So uh, there you go. Yikes. His bond was set at $350,000. Uh, on 27th of January, he appeared in court. His attorney was granted a continuance. The trial date has not been set yet, but so, he remains behind bars. So, so a former cop is going to a maximum security prison. Here's what I think is really weird. Okay, you so you have a lot of growing up to do. I'll tell you that. Yeah, exactly. L- Louisiana State Criminal Code eighty nine, crime against nature. That's kind of yeah. Funny. That's, that's, uh, that's fair. That carries a first offense penalty of a maximum twenty, a maximum two thousand dollar fine. And or a five-year prison sentence. But he's got 24 Wait, offenses. Hold a second. First offense? Like, what? what? Why is why there a second offense? Why are you leaving that open for more offenses? Do you like, know? Do you know a second is- offense has a maximum penalty of $25,000 fine and a maximum prison sentence of 10 years. Do you know who this is a case for? McGruff. I bet yeah, he could, he could really. dog. <laughs> I bet he could really take a bite out of this one. <laughs> yes. He needs to bite off this man's penis yes, and be done please with it. Do. Well, my God. You know what hurts the most? Yeah. The lack of respect. You know? That's what hurts the most. <laughs> except for this. Except for the other thing. That hurts the most. But the lack of respect hurts the second most. That's what, he's saying. That's what he's saying right now, as a matter of uh-huh. fact. Yeah. Wow. So well, that's, uh, uh, that's yeah. something. Uh, so Yikes. in uh, this week in butt smuggling news, we haven't had one of these uh, in a while. It was a, that last one was butt smuggling for the dog. No, wow. no. Mm. Wow. Well, uh, 
Nope, that was I. I, I feel like, what the hell is you happening? Said I do that to myself right there. What is happening right now? Um, I'm hanging up. Yeah. Yes. And by hanging up, I'm. Closing, I really might not even. I'm closing to this my computer. Yeah, and going. Home. I might not even listen to this. It's episode. The worst episode I'll, ever. I'll fast forward. It to started the, off I'll bad. Fast forward to it, the interview. Yeah. It, I started um, off bad, and it's just gotten worse. I feel bad. Well, I feel this will be a good a good measure for if we're like the liturgist audience will enjoy our podcast. They, they won't. <laughs> Spoiler alert. They won't. Um, police find 44 stolen diamonds hidden inside man's ass. Here's what's great about that. Somebody had to count that. There's some <laughs> poor rookie patrolman. Yeah. Hey. Out, out there. Hey, Rook. Hey, Hanson. Get over here and uh, get over here and put some gloves on, buddy. They're brown diamonds. Now, is, it, is, it a, is it a brown diamond it or is a blood a brown diamond? diamond. Oh, you probably, beat me to it. Probably, Damn it! You beat me to the blood it's diamond. Probably a joke. little column A, little column B. Uh, it's only if you take him out too rough. I just <laughs> the coat hanger. Uh, what? Well, that's what the second time we've ever edited ourselves. Yeah, well, third or fourth. And both yeah. times, who was both it? Both times, it was Michael. Michael. Yep. Yeah. You could guess where that's going. So. God. Um, where, where was I? I. Something about diamonds. And- oh, that's right. Okay. And a New Mexico man faces charges after police pulled him over on Sunday for driving a motorcycle. With a- man, he was on a motorcycle, too. Oh, mm. boy. I was like the vibrations would the cut bumps, your insides the, up, man. The bro- so, yes, it was blood diamonds. <laughs> um, but then it turns out, actually, after that ride, it was coal. <laughs> and then after the motorcycle ride, I don't know how the hell those got there. I've got a coal fetish. Um <laughs> I don't it's know. Clean. Uh, it's real clean. Uh, it's real clean. It's real clean. It's my favorite energy. So then, so he was driving a motorcycle without a license plate. It's a smart idea because it's definitely not hard to see that. Yeah. Uh, but then upon further inspection, discovered his hidden treasure. Eusebio <laughs> Padilla, after being pulled over, was discovered to have a knife in possession. That knife evidently led to Padilla's full pat-down, and that full pat-down led officers discovering what appeared to be a baggie of more than three dozen diamonds stowed away inside his anal cavity. Hmm. Well, how did they get from, hey, you've got a knife to... Well, probably they patted him down, he went, ah! You see, ah, when ah, a man loves a diamond... So they couldn't all be all the way up there, right? Like, Well, he'd have to... I mean, I'm assuming there's... I don't know. I don't know how a this string all, sticking out. You I just don't out know. With, I like, just don't understand how this works. I don't understand but, how you shove that much shit up your ass. Like I don't I just eh. anyway. A lot of so, practice. A lot. A lot. A lot. He of attempted to surreptitiously remove the baggie from his anus. So it was sticking at the out traffic partially. stop, but apparently did not do so. Out. Oh, okay. So here we go. So he tried to remove it, and they saw him trying to remove it, and he oh, didn't okay. do it quick enough. This is like what was, when, he, what was his plan? What was his Second step of that plan. I don't know. Toss I'm going to pull it out of my ass. And then what are you going to do with the shit stained yeah. baggie of diamonds? Mm-hmm. Like uh. It's like in Mario when you defeat somebody and then they just disintegrate into coins. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, <laughs> Padilla said he received the diamonds from his uncle, which presumably begs the question. Uh, Was it Pablo Escobar? Then why were they inside of his ass? Uh, after further interrogation, police say he eventually he eventually <laughs> admitted his diamonds in the rough were likely stolen. Diamonds likely in the rough, <laughs> uh, and police later reported he was planning on trading them for drugs. So, diamonds in the rough. That is, uh, he now faces charges for receiving stolen property. 
Yeah. Insert insert uh, <laughs> rectal <laughs> joke here. Uh, and tampering with evidence. <laughs> Though it is unclear. Tampering with evidence. Boy. Trying to pull it out of his ass. Like, here's exhibit A, a shit-covered baggie of diamonds. Oh, well, okay. What if they Febreze that <laughs> stuff need, now? Don't need, much of a, don't need much of a jury for that one. Yeah. Let me get out my monocle. Sir, is that. this your scent? Sir, <laughs> is this your scent on this baggie? Sir, this smells like Taco Bell. Did you have Taco Bell recently? <laughs> Though it is unclear whether or not Pedia has an attorney, what's clear is that diamonds truly are a girl's best felony. That's what the article yeah. says. I am the great Cornelio. So with that many diamonds, you can say he was a rich asshole. <laughs> Thank you. Well done. <laughs> all right. Is that all you got? Uh, yeah. All right. Yes, before Michael devolves even more than he already is at this point. This is, I'm not even drunk, guys. This is uh, yeah, I know. Me in my natural form. Yes. Uh, man whose parents were getting rid of his vast porn collection. What? This, this made it around the pub multiple times. Man sues parents for getting rid of his vast porn collection. Oh. You didn't see this? No, I didn't. Oh, my God. Yeah, this I was not, posted like four times. Yeah, in the this pub, is one that got posted a number of times. Well, I guess. A fifth time I would have saw it. Grand Rapids, Michigan. And that's all I would have seen. Uh, Indiana man. Excuse me. Is suing his parents for getting rid of his vast pornography collection, which he estimates is worth $29,000. Wait, wait. You said, you said Grand Rapids, Michigan, the, Indiana man. Well, okay, so. It's where it's, yeah. Yeah, so his parents live in Grand Rapids. He lives in Indiana. Uh, he moved. Uh, yes. Okay. The 40-year-old man last week filed a lawsuit in federal court in Michigan where he moved in with his parents in 2016 following a divorce. I wonder if the porn had anything to do with that. All you do is you flip up the mattress he says, and it yeah. goes to his underground I'm really, bunker. I'm really porn. surprised that maybe his wife wasn't huge on a $30,000 porn, uh, porn collection. He says that when he moved out <laughs> 10 months later, they delivered his things to his new home in Muncie, Indiana. They don't call it Muncie hey, for nothing, that's right. baby. But that his 12 boxes of pornographic films and magazines were missing. <laughs> His parents at Boner Jams 2009. His parents admit they dumped the porn, which included title, titles... Such as Michael. Dude, I know. Frisky business. No, the next yeah. one is horrible. And yeah, big bad grannies. Oh. Yeah, you heard that right, folks. Frisky business. <laughs> you know the best part is that grannies was sm- spelled Y S and not bad I-E-S. grannies. They have uh, James Boned. Diamonds are forever. Shaving Ryan's privates. James Boned. Forest hump. <laughs> Enter the so enter the, thing that, enter the fist when when, when, when Mandy and I had had uh, direct TV man every once in a while we just scroll oh the, the titles the titles oh my and god just die laughing ass blasters thirty nine I mean, yeah it's like yeah. seriously like you, yeah not as good as ass blasters thirty eight yes it lacks the nuance of thirty eight <laughs> <laughs> they really lost the vision after thirty seven. <laughs> I need more plot in my Ass Blasters movies. <laughs> I'm sorry the Coen Brothers can't direct the porn I watch. God. Uh, the man filed a... Co- <coughs> Big bad granny. Filed a complaint with the police. <coughs> boy, oh boy. You all right, buddy? Yep. Wrong pipe. Smoking. <clears throat> but the Ottawa County prosecutor declined to press charges. The lawsuit includes an email excerpt from the man's father who told his son, I did you a big favor by getting rid of all this stuff. The man is seeking triple financial damages of roughly 87000 which I'm assuming he'll blow on $87,000 yeah. worth of porn. Here's the thing. I So, 
despite all the weirdness in the story, I think it's actually a super interesting, like a property law yeah. case. It is. Because does it, it was in their house, so does it belong to him anymore? How did he get the money to pay for it? Well, that, I, I don't think that's even part of it. But, yeah. like, I think I, I it'll be interesting to see if anything comes of this. Because it is kind of an interesting case of can you can this be your investigative uh journaling no because right i don't care that i want much you to follow it, this story just, <laughs> for, to tell it reaches the i just am interested to see because that conclusion. honestly that case could go either way like i think yeah. it's easy just to go what a stupid lawsuit but yeah it could technically is it his property or not i i don't know i mean if they destroyed anything else we've got some lawyers in the pub i want to hear their thoughts because i what they would think. I don't know. Maybe it's not their area of law or whatever. Porn, porn law. Porn <laughs> law. <laughs> Jude's brother. <laughs> James boned. Porn law. Did your parents steal your porn stash? <laughs> porn law. Not not as not as popular as Jude Jude law. No. Definitely uh-uh. didn't, didn't quite make it. Uh-uh. <laughs> can, you, can you imagine the fucking like commercials on TV? Has your porn, porn, law has your porn been stolen? Call me. Are you missing your hammer. Ass Blasters DVD? <laughs> Call the hammer. James Bone. James Bone, porn lawyer. <laughs> lawyer for hire. <laughs> James Bone. <laughs> <laughs> uh, diamonds are an ass's best friend. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> From anus with love. <laughs> Free Willy. No, I was doing Bond, Bond titles. Movies. No, I was just doing Free Willy. I'm just doing porn titles. <laughs> Free Willy works either way. <laughs> oh, man. Oh, okay. <laughs> Octo anus. Does, does uh, Michael Jackson sing the theme song on that one, too? Wow. Oh, Jesus Christ. Because he did Free Willy song. Oh, okay. oh did he? I, I thought it was that. another terrible job. Yeah, I did, too. <laughs> well, when in Rome, I guess. <laughs> Jesus Christ. If the joke fits. Yeah, except when it doesn't, <laughs> and yet you just continue to try. Uh, what else you got? Um, teenager arrested, jailed for attempted RKO on his high school principal. <laughs> Tried to RK- you know what the RKO I don't know is? What that is? You're gonna have to Dude. look it up. You need to look up the RKO. Wow. What um, is the RKO? Just tell me. It's a wrestling. It's move. a wrestling move. You have. You've got to see it uh, yeah. for this to make sense. It's really funny if you know uh, what that is. Oh, Michael, Florida teen. Oh, hey. Florida man, Florida man. Teen. Does whatever a Florida man teen does. Stuffing meth up his ass. No drug screen would he ever pass. Look out. Here, Here comes Florida man. Teen. Florida teen spent two nights in jail after being arrested for attempting a WWE move on his high school principal. Gianni Sosa, Sammy's son. It up yet? No, I'm not. Sammy I'm not. Sammy's son. <laughs> Wait, is he white or black? Because I'm not sure with Sosa. Anymore. I'm not sure anymore, yeah. Uh, Gianni Sosa, uh, 18, a senior at Southridge High School in Miami, was arrested on Wednesday for tempting Randy Orton's signature RKO on his principal, Humberto Moret. And what family I member think this is funny. And what family God. members say was intended to be a prank. Sosa okay, was oh, okay. Here's a prank. Yeah, maybe. However. Sosa was charged with battery on a school official and interference with an educational institution. Moret insisted charges be filed against Sosa, according to an arrest report obtained by WPLG Local 10, where news is local. Sosa, <laughs> yeah, news was, comes first. Sosa was taken to jail and held on $750 bond. The incident was captured on video by a classmate, which shows Sosa approach Moret and yell, RKO, while placing his arms around the principal's neck. Dude. Moret then put Sosa in a headlock. Steve Hall! Like, Moret, you can't realize that this is fake and like real wrestling, and they have like 
a like yeah. a method so you don't yeah. break somebody's freaking neck. Moret then puts Moret, the principal, puts Sosa in a headlock and drags him into an empty classroom. So he wasn't happy. Sosa appeared in court <laughs> on Thursday morning when a judge ordered he be released from jail without posting bond. Sosa was, uh, was released Friday morning uh, and told uh, NBC Six South Florida, where South Florida's news is on your side, after his release that he never intended to hurt Moret. What I did, it wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to it hurt. It wasn't intentional. I wasn't trying to hurt nobody, Sosa said shortly after his release, yep. saying he had joked with the principal before. I understand he had to use some force because he might be worried, but the situation escalated when he took me into a private classroom with no cameras and continued to use force. Oh, oh shit. The teen's lawyer, Ro- Roy Ugarte. Sure. Yeah. Uh, Roy, uh, Poor lawyer. the teen's lawyer, uh, said, is a wrestling fan. Um, oh, the teen's lawyer is a wrestling fan who explained to the judge, everyone knows wrestling is fake. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. But they are, like, trained to trained do to these do things this. a certain way. Yeah, yeah. try the, try the Undertaker, try the tombstone hallway. on somebody and you're going to kill them. Yes. Like, <laughs> God. I say this as somebody who was one, too, at one point. Kids are idiots. Yeah. They're just idiots. They are. Like, yeah. teenagers, they can't help it. They're yeah. just fucking idiots. Yeah. Did you find the RKO yet? I'm not looking it up. I'll just trust you. I'll look it up later All if right. I want. There's some pretty good videos when the people yes. are doing the... They were, like, uh, photoshopping Randy Orton into, like, videos and stuff. Doing <laughs> yeah, RKO when people yeah. would fall down. God, that was funny. Like on ice. Oh, man. So good. There was a couple soccer ones, too. Yeah. And, yeah. There was a, uh, you, what you a can dumb, RK, dumb I've seen people get RKO'd into pools, which is one yeah. thing. but Yeah, into a pool. Right, right. right. Okay, yeah. So. Jeez. Jeez. Talk about not thinking something through. Yeah, I know, right? Man. All right. Ooh. All right. Let's steal ourselves for this. Go ahead, Michael. <laughs> Let me stretch first. Oh, Let me get this ready. Yeah. <laughs> Mother. Let me get this ready. Yes, All right. Uh, well, let's... Florida man, Florida man, does whatever. This isn't getting old at all. No. Stuffing meth up his ass. No drug screen would he ever pass. Look out. Here comes Florida man. All right. Um, three women in Florida are behind bars. That's not really a Florida man, is it? Florida woman. Close enough. It's actually three Florida women. Three, three Florida women. Three Florida women. <laughs> Um, so they are behind bars after lounging, uh, naked at a rest stop. Um, where else are you going to do it? So the, you guys the, have, you guys haven't done that on your way to work. So let, let me just not get the, hot in the car. Not the heroes we let need, me just tell the you heroes this. we deserve. Yeah, they are the heroes. Uh, so someone reported seeing the women, uh, Wednesday morning in their birthday suits at a rest area off interstate 75, which is the busiest interstate. <laughs> yeah. One of the busiest mm-hmm. in the country. In the country. Yeah. <laughs> Florida highway patrol officer, uh, who responded to the call said was that, like, man, this is awesome. I had a great day at work today. And when she, uh, questioned the naked suspects, one of them, uh, said they had showered and were air drying. Wow. <laughs> Uh, the three women said they had been. Staying. I can't find any flaw in their argument. Actually, I mean, <laughs> the three women said they were staying at a relative's house. Vagina. <laughs> the three women said they were staying at a relative's house, but uh, left after an argument. Um, having nowhere else to shower, they used soap and water to bathe uh, on the grass outside of the rest stop building. <laughs> so they're bathing too. Um, so the women get dressed uh, before speaking to the state troopers, but then got into a white 2009 Nissan Sentra and drove away before the questioning had finished. 
Oh, so, so that's fleeing police. So let's go ahead and yeah. add fleeing <laughs> yeah. arrest. So, the trooper, arrest. Troopers tracked down the vehicle to a convenience store parking lot. One trooper tried to arrest one of the women. So they, they just literally just drove to a convenience store. Um, so the, one trooper tried to arrest the, uh, one of the women um, when they left the store. But her colleague appeared to purposely drive the car at the officer. Oh, so wow. attempting to murder a police officer. Jeez. Yep. At the same time, another woman got out of the car with a pink baseball bat and tried to hit the officer. Dude. Clearly stable individuals. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Uh, the... Um, the Nissan drove away and was pursued by police. So they still got away. They 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 still got away somehow. Um, so the the um, how they ended up catching them. So uh, so the officers busted out the windows of the car. The women interlocked arms to keep from being arrested. Um, and basically, what the, how they they pulled them over is they had to use the spike strips. And that's how they they got them to like stop driving away. Well, so they're definitely white because they didn't shoot them for this. <clears throat> no, they're so. all, they were not. Um, um, and the three women uh, were eighteen, nineteen, and nineteen. Um, wow. So is this like a spring break trip they, gone they, wrong? They or? now now face Jeez. charges of uh, fleeing to elude police, three counts of resisting arrest, two counts of aggravated assault, and three counts of So instead of just like, instead of just having a misdemeanor and a fine, enjoy uh, your like a public a felony like, misdemeanor. You spend God. a night in jail, you pay a fine. Wow. Yep. Great great life choices there. Yeah. Like, just I mean, I guess that's what I've never understood about like high speed pursuits. It's got to like, be a fight at some or flight point, mechanism. It has like, to be like like because at some point you have to cut your losses. Right. Like, but if they got you, yeah, you're not getting away from the police. Right. Like it's, it's not going to happen. Have there been cases where they, where like in these individuals who do the the fleeing, where they have fled from police and gotten away with it? Oh, I've not heard. I'm, I'm sure, sure there it, has I'm sure been. It does, but it's got to be. Pretty the odds rare. are not in your favor. Yeah. Because they're just going to keep calling cop cars. And eventually yeah. they're going to throw up roadblocks and spike strips and helicopters and everything else. Oh, man. And they're going to ram your ass into a telephone pole at some point. So, All right. Well, Tennessee woman. <laughs> it's, uh, 45 years old. Sally Selby. Um, oh, Sally Sells. She was hanging at Walmart. It's uh, 4.15 in the morning. <laughs> so nothing good has happened. Driving here. around Walmart in the scooter. You know? Oh, I, I almost used this. Story. And uh, she just drives it right out of the store. <laughs> Gets on the highway, Highway 127. And uh, police, people call the police. I mean, she, she had to be she's drunk. In the, she's like, in the slow lane. So, well, at least she was in the slow lane. <laughs> well, as opposed to three-fourths of fucking Indiana at least she's that drives in the fast lane. She's courteous. God. So, uh, so they, they arrest her like 5 a.m. wanting to find out. What on earth she's doing? She says, I just wanted to go to Waffle House to get a cup of coffee. <laughs> I I can I can't find anything wrong with that, man. If you gotta get to Waffle a, House. That's such a great and that is like that that is like once again it has everything. Not the hero it's we got, deserve, but the hero we needed. Walmart, it's got Waffle House, it's got a slow speed chase yeah. on a motorized yeah. scooter. <laughs> yep. It has it all. Yeah, the scooter oh, was so eventually good. returned to Walmart. So good news. There was a high-speed chase on the water that was slow as molasses. Yeah, that's... I mean, I've got like eight more. We got time. You want to do another one? Do one more. Do one more. Okay. Um, let me see here. Wasn't there one that Steve Austin called you a terrible person for? No, that was the that beginning. That was the beginning, the, the cold open. Oh, oh my God. That's, 
and that didn't fucking tell you. <laughs> um, I really want to start the whole beginning uh, yeah, over know, again. Right? Like I yeah, really do. Real. All right, let's do Florida Man. I'm not going to do the song. Florida Man. Um, was, okay, so a, a drunk Florida man um, went That's to redundant. Olive Garden in, uh, I guess, Naples. I don't care. Olive Garden's delicious. Don't even at me. Yep. It's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's you fine. go there for just whatever. Like, you, you know what you're getting when you go to Olive Garden. Th- three thirty. You're getting overpriced Fazoli's. Of course. Is what you're getting. <clears throat> Fazoli's is... It's overpriced Fazoli's. Fazoli's has really taken Fazoli's a Fazoli's is pretty gross. It's overpriced Fazoli's. No, 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 no. Yeah, it is. It's definitely better than Fazoli's. It, it is. It, Fazoli's have you is, had Fazoli's recently? I haven't no. had it in it, years, no. no. Sarah and I went, and it's probably been four years ago, five years ago. She she wanted pasta, I wanted pizza, and we couldn't, before Pizza Hut did their thing. And uh, uh, it was just terrible. Just absolutely terrible. That was a good story. It's a great story, Michael. She's still out of parties. Well, okay. So, Florida man, uh, Olive Garden, Naples, three uh, thirty p.m. on a Sunday. The police are called, um, reporting uh, regarding a disturbance. Florida man, are you looking at the picture? No. Oh. Um, a man was reportedly asking patrons, restaurant patron patrons, for money and yelling at them using explicit language. What are you guys doing? <laughs> I'm doing we're recording a podcast. I right know. Now. There's, right a, now. there's a great Onion article. And I'm not even going to. Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> so. Were you saying something, Michael? Yes. I'm. God. What, what, what was the story? All right. Florida man. Goes in Olive Garden. Olive yeah. Garden. Drunk. Naples. 330. Mm. Yep. Uh, Wait. 330 in the morning? Afternoon. Afternoon. I was going to say, is there an Olive Garden? No, Did I say 330 in the morning? Yeah. Tw- yeah. No, you said 330. No. 330 in the afternoon. Um, so. 24-hour this, Fucking this, hey, man, who, that hasn't happened yet. It needs to. <laughs> some, all you can eat breadsticks and salad at three in the That's morning. Hangover food, yeah, man. It is. So he was reportedly asking patrons for money and yelling at them using explicit language. Um, when the police arrived, they discovered the man shirtless, sitting on a bench outside, and shoveling spaghetti into his <laughs> mouth with his hands. At least he took his shirt off. Here's the thing: Why can I never be in a restaurant when something I like know, this man, happens? For real, 30, it would be the best. I know. Thirty-two-year-old uh, Ben Paget oh, was placed under arrest for uh, disorderly intoxication. Yeah, nobody's going to get that. I know. That's fine. Um, you guys will. Yep. Um, <laughs> however, uh, before being placed in handcuffs. Uh, the officers gave Paget a paper towel so he could wipe the pasta off of his face. <laughs> that was um, nice of him. Once he got nobody in, wants to clean that shit out of their patrol cars. Yes. What that is? <laughs> once yep. he got in the back of the police car, he began violently twisting his body, kicking his legs, and smashing his head against the metal cage partition. Uh, not great, um, but they're saying that he was eating pasta in an appropriate manner. Manner, and there's a there's a link here. Let me see what this. What? Is. <laughs> Wait, what? I don't know what inappropriate inappropriate manner. Means. With your hands, with your hands shirtless in an Olive Garden like <laughs> bench, I guess went in fake rum. <laughs> Just went in fake rum. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> uh, that is so good. I hate that so much, and that's gonna be the fucking hashtag. God damn it, man! And then it's soaked in. <laughs> All right, let's crash land this motherfucker. <laughs> can, we do, can we redo the beginning? No, we're not going to. Please, please, please. We've talked about it throughout the whole thing. 
We can't redo the beginning. No one died. Come on. No one's dead. Yeah, We're not doing this again. Nope. We're not talking about this again. I'm not doing it. Shut up. We're not talking about this. Shut up, Michael. I'm ready to do the introduction. <laughs> yes. to then do that. To Foofy. Yes, God, please. God. <laughs> Are we ready? Yeah. Can you stop? Yeah. All right. I'm going to have to mute. Okay, you. go ahead. All right. Um, Michael Gunger is one half of Gunger and is a co-host of the Liturgist podcast. Uh, Michael is a Grammy-nominated musician and composer who lives in Los Angeles, California. He leads the musical collective Gunger with his wife, Lisa, and is co-founder of the Liturgist podcast with Mike McArg. Um, Never heard AKA of AKA Science Mike. Oh, thank you. Oh, he was on the podcast. Also, <laughs> oh, that guy. And Hillary McBride's on there, too, I think. Who? So, well, yeah. She's been on here, too. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah like nine times. No, four. She was four. our friend first. Yeah. <laughs> Dibs. Um... Not bitter about it. Uh, Mike is the um, the host and creator of the podcast This, which shares the name of his latest book that is out this week. Uh, read it. It's really, really, really good. So uh, go buy five copies of it. Without further ado, here's our... <laughs> Just throw them out of the window of your apartment building and see who gets them. Give them all to Florida, man. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, without further ado, here is our conversation with Michael Gunger. Michael Gunger is on our podcast right now. <laughs> Michael, are you there? I'm here right now. It's a, it's a really great, really great intro. Yes, that's, that's my best work yet. Um, so thank you for coming on the podcast, first and foremost, like... Super, super pumped to have you on. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So we, we at all at one point in time, were all, um, led worship on a regular basis and okay. played <laughs> shitty versions of your songs. <laughs> really just real, real shitty songs uh, or not songs, but the versions yeah, of, of they your were, songs. They were, uh, yeah. So thanks and sorry. First of all, <laughs> they were, they were Gunger songs with a severe limp. I'm, I'm honored. I always enjoy when I've heard her Gunger you, songs done other ways. Well, yeah, that's, that's putting it nicely. Um, but when, when One Wild Life came out, I was a subscriber, um, and I was you. covering your stuff uh, uh, amidst uh, us dismantling our church plant and starting starting this <laughs> podcast. So uh, you've had a you've definitely have wow. had a a place in our yeah. Orbit, orbit, deconstruction, whatever you want to call it. I hate that word, but it is what it is. Um, so yeah. you you just dropped uh, Gunger Archives. I don't know a month ago, maybe. Um, and you've got no, I don't know. Yeah, it feels like about a month ago. <laughs> um, yeah, and right. You're you're coming towards the end uh, of Gunger with your farewell tour. You only have nine shows left. Um, yeah. How does it feel to close that chapter? It's mixed emotions. I feel um, excited about it on one hand, feeling like ready for a clean slate for something new or um, to make me, you know, I feel like we've always made music that was honest to where we were at at the time. Yeah. Um, but I think it still does, like when you're making something for when we're making a Gunger record, 
there's there's a story of where it's come from. Who's who's probably going to listen to this? Um, how are they going to interpret it? You know, like I found we I had this song called Yesternight on I Am Mountain that was a uh, basically a song about me losing faith. Yeah, and I saw somebody write a thing about it and said it was the most brilliant. Uh, worship song they've ever seen. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Is it though? <laughs> but that, that, but that, that's like the lens, no matter what we would make. Yeah. You know, um, it comes through this lens of the Gunger story. And what is that? What is the Gunger story? And what is Gunger musically? And who, and so I'm excited about being able to paint on a fresh canvas. Um, at the same time, it's sad and kind of scary and kind of, um, you know, it's like we, we love the, the journey that we've been on through this whole thing. And, uh, as we've been singing these last, these last shows and singing with everybody, it's been some really emotional times. Like, wow, we're really doing this. So it's, yeah. it's a, it's a lot to, to build a brand and a, a business and get, you know, like, for over a decade, we put a lot of blood, sweat, and tears into it. For sure. Um, so to just let it go is kind of scary and sad. Yeah, I def- I definitely felt in reading and in- listening to um to to the archives just because there's so- songs on there that are older, songs that are newer, and just listening through uh, was def- I- it was like mourning mourning the loss of a mm-hmm. of an old friend because. Obviously, I'm in a different place than where it's when some of those songs were recorded, and I'm sure you are as well. Um, yeah. It, it, but but I I understand the the need um, to end something that is no longer that, that is part of you, but but no longer is a is a correct reflection of who you are currently. Yeah, and it's just I I want to make stuff that's not in that storyline like right yeah it doesn't need to yeah. be uh it's just it's not even for a long for since i am mountain even through a lot of the one wildlife stuff there was a big piece of me that was trying to tell the world that you know i'm not the same guy yeah. <laughs> anymore. yeah um this is not the same thing don't 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 interpret all of this as praise and worship music um and spent a lot of money and and uh, effort and and in vain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> to, sure. To change the narrative. I mean, not not with everybody. Some people got. A lot of people kind of got that we had changed and followed us on the yeah. journey. But there's still we would find that even now at most Gunger shows, there's at least somebody that came because you know they heard beautiful things on the Christian radio station 10 years ago. <laughs> and, is it oh, fun? Gunger, I like that song. Beautiful it, things. They come and they're like, what is this? <laughs> is it fun watching that? I, Cause I, I would get some sort of sick. I say, I feel like I'd have some of sort that. of weird, perverse joy out of that. <laughs> yeah. There's a little of that, but it's, uh, but it's still like, you know, I, I don't know the fresh, the fresh, the fresh, uh, paper to paint on is, yeah. It's nice. Yeah, I mean, do you feel like you're? Do you feel like you're always going to be labeled like a Christian artist? I know it seems like you have to like work doubly hard to tell people like that's not what I am anymore. Like we we've talked to Derek Webb 
three or four times on the podcast and he's a very similar i would say in some ways a similar journey to you he was part of the kind of the christian music machine and Mm -hmm. completely lost his faith and like you know i remember when fingers crossed came out like he was which was his record where he was essentially like i'm an atheist like like in and people were like you know for a christian artist he was like guys i'm not that anymore like he, yeah. It's like he couldn't get it through people's skulls that like that's yeah. not what I am. Like, can you talk about what that's like to try to you you you're you're such a you were such a part of you know Gunger was such a part of the Christian music landscape for so long. Like, what's that like to try to reinvent from that? Because it's such a tight, weird sort yeah. of part of the music industry. Yeah, it really is um, a hard thing to get people to change the story about who you th- they think you are. And I think that's, um, I don't think that's just Christian music. I think that's everybody. I mean, if, you know, if you, if you heard, if you had a friend tell you, hey, the new, uh, have you listened to the new Barney and Friends album? <laughs> you mean like the, the children, the weird dinosaur thing? Like, yeah, no, but. I know they used to make like kids music. Their new album, <laughs> fucking great. You're like what? It'll what? blow your mind. <laughs> How and would you be able to hear it? Would you be able to listen to be like, no, I see. This is like high art. <laughs> uh, so I just think you get what people, and, and it's even personally. I mean, I find this in myself. Some of my friends, I don't notice that they've lost weight until they've lost a ton of weight. <laughs> <You're> <laughs> right. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, or, if they, or a haircut, unless they've they've cut it so drastically. Just I th- sometimes we just we get the story of what people look like, who we think they are, what their personality's like, what kind of music they make, and that's what we stick with until yeah. it's until we're bludgeoned with it over the head. Um, and I think for people that have listened to my podcast and read my new book and and so on, so on and so on, they have been pretty bludgeoned over the head. Oh, <laughs> not the same guy. Um, but yeah, for those who have just you know met me through a song or two that they sang at their church in the past, um, I'm sure I'll meet people in 20 years and like, oh, Michael Gunger, I love your song, Friend of God. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh. Um, so, so, so that we want to transition into kind of where you're at now. Um, and, and, and it's this book that you've got coming out, um, uh, tomorrow, um, yeah. in, uh, for sale tomorrow. So we typically start interviews with, with someone who, with an author, uh, with, uh, why did you write this book? But, uh, my question is, why did you write a book called this? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So for all the people that have followed through Gunger's twists and turns. And for some reason, I mean, what does Michael believe has been like <laughs> a very big commonly asked question. If we had a frequently asked question uh, on our website, we should have done that. That would have been yeah. funny. Um, <laughs> what believe it's not should be late. question one, two, three, four, and five. Um, and this is kind of a, this is not only an explanation of how I see the world now, but sort of the story of how I got here. Um, and 
beneath all of that, um, I wrote several iterations of this book. One was a version of like several versions of me through my life having a conversation with each other. <laughs> There's like different different ways that I tried to write some of these ideas in this book, but I found um, after writing and rewriting and rewriting and rewriting the stuff that was working for me and what I was trying to accomplish was really I suffered so much in my life and specifically in my relationship with my beliefs and um, my beliefs were what gave me my identity, my sense of self, mm-hmm. my sense of value in the world. And as those changed, that that was incredibly uh, formative to who, who I thought I was and who, how I experienced the world. And so this this book is about how I it's a, it's about how I moved from being like this angsty evangelical Christian, lost my faith, became an atheist for a little while, um, but then came back to, not back, that's the wrong word, continued to move into the mystery of what I think my faith was always trying to get at, mm. um, and finally just becoming at home with what is, and with this as it is, and and seeing God not as some object to be thought about or believed in or discussed in an accurate way, but more the reality that is this and, mm-hmm. um, and, and that is myself, capital S. And um, so explaining that and, and some of those thoughts in a way and, and experiences in a way that... Um, was rooted in my story, but also in a way that kind of was a whisper to those who are suffering themselves, um, a whisper in their ear to say, I, I know you're suffering. Remember who you are under all of those stories Hmm. and kind of just kind of a love letter to a lot of the book is written in a very personal, even second person way to the beloved, um, who I see in everybody and everything. Um, so, you, first of all, I, I, you're probably not going to get this question anywhere else, so I, I feel like i got to ask it. So, in the book, you mentioned pig orgasms. Can you tell us more? <laughs> this is some hard-hitting journalism right here, folks. I mean, we are nothing if not professional. Please, please, please do go on. Hey, I put it there. It's there. Uh, um. So you do start the book out. Uh, I don't know how to transition from that, but um, but you start the book out talking about uh, when the Buddha said life is suffering. Uh, can you talk about how things have changed since he said that, and um, and just about not about being not okay? How things have changed in the world? Yeah. Um. I mean, things have drastically changed as far as human civilization and our our uh, connectivity with more people and more things and our our ability to change the world um, 
to our liking, to our desires. We're, we're far more powerful as a species than we were in Buddha's day. Uh, but I still see a hell of a lot of suffering. Yeah. It seems like even though we have, you know, I can medicate myself and uh, go in and just watch Netflix and order and Postmates in some chocolate cake and have all my needs brought to my door and just bathe in the luxury of modern <laughs> <laughs> opulence um, doesn't mean that I'm living a happy and fulfilled life. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you live in LA, man. Right. So that's like the king <laughs> of like sort of masking over, I don't know what, any like, kind of, any, any kind, kind of disruption, of any kind of suffering. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, th- I mean, just look at the, yeah, the people that have supposedly made it all the way to the top of what we're all our whole societal game is moving towards the, the, the rich, beautiful, famous people that have everything they want and who are miserable yeah. and suicidal and yep. medicating their lives, trying to, trying to find something else other than this. Cause this is not enough. You get that, that, you know, 10 million followers on Instagram or whatever. Oh, and then, God, then yeah. Right. Who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Um, so, yeah, I think I, I don't think fundamentally anything has changed since the Buddha. I think the, the window dressings have changed, but I think people still, um, and I think it's the same thing that Jesus was getting at. And, that's, um, and I think all the great traditions are getting at the this, this same thing in, yep. in one way or another, and that's yeah. this basic, uh, we're, we're not okay. Christianity talks about it in terms of like a fall. And I don't think we have to read that so literally. Right. Um, but we all most have this sense of like something's not right. And um, I, I think it does come down to desire. I think that one of the, the genius of, of Buddhism, and I wouldn't identify as exclusively Buddhist, but I do think there's a genius in those little noble truths that the Buddha gave of, of recognizing how our suffering is tied for our desire to our desire for the world to be something other than it is. Yeah. Yeah. So you've in the book, you share a journal entry from your teenage years about uh, masturbation. Uh, and it was just glorious. Uh, <laughs> well, we all, I mean, we all grew up in that. I know, but yeah. he, he put it in a like, book. Yeah. Right. <laughs> um, <laughs> So it's on the official record. Now. It, it is. I think he has to mail a copy to the Library of Congress. Um, it's, so uh, can, can you talk about uh, just just talk about shame for a bit? Yeah. Yeah, that was one of the things that um, even while writing, I was kind of discovering more ties between some of the thoughts that I had theologically and just really practical, like I'm embarrassed about masturbating or <laughs> I want my daddy to be proud of me kind of mm-hmm. human yeah. things and how those things end up turning into grand questions about the problem of evil in the world. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> they, they go together. I, we think that we're all, I thought that I was such a rational, high-minded person. Um, and then really at the end of the day, I'm like, 
how do I not be embarrassed of touching my wee wee? You know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, my nine year old son isn't, so maybe you can learn something from him. Say, I've got three boys at home, and none of them are ashamed of it at this point. Oh God. Um, yeah, but the shame piece, and um, and it's going back to this kind of the original question of why I wrote the book. I, I've always found that expressing something whether it's through song or writing it down or whatever kind of helps um to process it to find to 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 solidify it as like a real experience i don't know sometimes if i haven't expressed it communicated it it kind of lives in this ghostly realm and like it reifies it it makes it real to to write about it in some way for me in my experience so um having all the that and that shame piece and how it related to my journey of beliefs and um, God and, and my version and my vision and version of myself in my head um, was a, was a really key piece for me. Yeah. Can you, can you talk about your visit to Auschwitz a little bit? Um, Because, and how that affected your view of God? Because I mean, I, that's one of those places that I feel like I need to visit, but I simultaneously don't want to, um, yeah. just because of what it. It feels like a, every human being should have to look should on have the horror to. of that, yeah, and deal with it, yeah. yeah. And I can't. I mean, there's no way you come away from that unaffected. Can you talk about how it sort of how it affected your view of God? Yeah, I mean, I was already at that time pretty in a fairly dark place when I'm talking about the problem of evil and not dark. I, I was in a, a searching place really sure, like yeah, yeah, yeah. how is the world how is the world like this and then are we gonna yeah going to when we had we were in Europe for a month um, and that was the fact that we put that on our itinerary was pretty telling of what kind of mindset <laughs> I was in the <laughs> right, yeah, right. like should we go, go to Paris or how about Auschwitz <laughs> um, and but I, that's that's what I that's what I really want. I wanted to feel the pain. I wanted to feel the reality of the world. Yeah. Because I live in such a, a bubble of privilege and yeah, pain medicines and Netflix and whatever else. It's like, that's not the world (laughs) that 99% of humanity has ever experienced. I live an entirely different kind of life. I don't have to walk anywhere to get clean water. I yeah. never had to worry about, you know, if, if my house sets on fire, a fire department's going to come and try to help me. Like it's just going to happen. That's amazing. Um, so to go into like the darkness as dark as it gets and to just look at it in the face um, was an important thing I felt like I needed to do because I was searching for the truth. And how could I avert my gaze from how the world actually is? Yeah. yeah. And, you know, it's not, you can have, if you just go to any Holocaust, any decent uh, memorials or museums or documentaries, whatever, you can feel the pores of the Holocaust. It's not hard to feel that. Yep. Yeah. Um, but going into the, into the space where it happened, there was something, uh, particularly heavy about that. I mean, I'm a person that usually feels when I go into a, uh, 
a location, a space. I, I don't know. I feel like I can feel an energy about it. <laughs> I'm kind of woo sounding, but no, I get like it. when I'm yeah. in Texas, when I'm in Texas, I feel like I'm in Texas. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fantastic example. Cowboy boots, the hat, belt buckle, the whole thing. Is that? Yeah, it was just I feel in my whole body. I'm like, <laughs> I gotta get back to LA. Uh, no offense, Texas. Sorry, I just got a picture of the difference. Um, but yeah, being there and 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 knowing the amount of suffering, not not knowing, but just imagining the unimaginable amount of suffering that happened within those walls. And, um, and at the same time, re like, I wasn't, I wasn't avoiding any of it. I'm like, I was like reading about the Holocaust. I was listening to like sad music. (laughs) I was like really diving in. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. I mean, that, that ended up a big part of my, I don't know, like the Auschwitz visit in particular, how much it had to do with me becoming an atheist eventually, but it, it certainly wasn't uh, unimportant. It certainly wasn't off the <laughs> right. off the map. Um, but yeah, it's a heavy. It was a heavy moment. Um, so you have a chapter called "Meaningless." Um, you say that the truth is that most of us are playing a game that can't be won. Uh, we are hamsters thinking that we uh, can break out of this cage, but we just if we just run fast enough on this wheel. Can you expand, uh, kind of explain the idea that all is meaningless? It's a, mm. it's a pretty biblical idea, actually. There's a whole book about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, the Kohelet, the, yeah. the teacher in Ecclesiastes, yep. had that pretty, pretty dialed in. Um I think that there's something that at first glance, it sounds super depressing Yep. when you say everything is meaningless. Um, Cause then it sounds like, okay, so there's all this suffering in the world and gosh, things like Auschwitz and th- you don't even have to go that extreme. Just the suffering in my own life. Yeah. And you're saying that there's no greater, there's no greater story. There's no greater meaning to be found within that, that doesn't, because meaning helps us when we're suffering. Like you can go to the gym and feel pain at the gym. If you know that there's a bigger story, if you're, if you're getting healthy yeah. and then it turns the pain into something that's manageable and that can even be pleasant. Like getting a massage can be like a, a, ple- a, a pleasurable experience. Cause you're like, yeah, that knot's really hurting while she has her elbow in there or whatever. Um, <laughs> But it's, but it's, it's, I'm getting fixed, right? Um, so at first glance, saying something like everything is meaningless sounds like the suffering that you're experiencing in your life doesn't have any greater context and therefore, you know, sorry, no hope for you. No, right, no good right. feelings for you. <laughs> um, I don't think that's what the Coalette was seeing and I yep. certainly wouldn't see it like that. Um, when you think about meaning, you are thinking about something other than what is happening in some level. So you're saying like at the gym again, um, okay, there's, I'm going to get healthy, but there's a, there's an element of that. Like if you grasp too hard onto that and you're only living for what is, what could be, 
what will be, what has been. And that's part of the beauty of the human imagination is that we can imagine other worlds. We can imagine, hey, if I do this every day, I'm going to get a six-pack. We can imagine <laughs> that in our head. And whatever. Um, it's another thing to like actually follow through with that. But we have this ability to, to imagine it. But that ability comes with every moment that we, we live in this world. So many of us live in a way that we live in those thoughts. We live in those imaginations of what could be, what has been in a way that we don't ever experience what actually is. Yep. And that is the suffering. So we say, you know, Oh, I can't wait until I graduate um, so that I can get a good paying job. And then you get that good paying job. And you're like, Oh, I can't wait till I'm on vacation. And then I can't wait until, you know, when you're sitting there on, in the airport waiting for your plane. I can't wait till we get there. I can't wait. When, when did you actually, when do you ever actually arrive and how long are you actually there? You know, yep. like yep. I can't wait until I, you have this good paying job and now you're stressed about work and I can't wait until I retire. I can't wait. Mm-hmm. And it's always the next thing. Yep. Yeah. And, um, so meaning I think when we, when we're looking in here, like at the basic essence of what is to think of it as this isn't actually the important thing we got to look for the bigger story we got to look for what's going to happen when i die because it can't certainly i can't like embrace here and now to the fullest and yep. the kingdom of god is here now i mean okay that's a nice metaphor but actually <laughs> after yeah. we die and and so to say meaningless meaningless from a different lens is to say your tomorrows don't actually exist. Yep. Yeah. Even yesterday, your yesterdays don't, that's not happening. Those are, it's always only now. And this, it's just, it's this. And so to be looking for a meaning in some ways is, is to be looking for something other than this. Yeah. Is to say, well, it can't, yeah, it can't just be this. And was, but within this, you can create meaning. Yep. And you can, uh, there's plenty of, ways to find and discover and embrace and celebrate meaning but it's uh when you do that to to an extent where you actually believe in your stories and you actually believe um that by your stories i mean you have embraced something other than this as the as what you need to be happy as what you need to be fulfilled um then you're barking up an imaginary tree. And, and so to say meaningless, meaningless, I think is, is, and all of this is vapor and all of this is a mist that's just disappearing moment to moment, I think calls us back to the moment yep. that we have and seeing how precious it is. Yep. I think that's the intention of the teacher saying something like meaningless, meaningless. God, I want to keep talking about this because this shit is right in my wheelhouse. Like, <laughs> I did a. It's funny because I did a, a multi-part series for our patron, our patrons about Ecclesiastes, and like this entire is called beautifully meaningless. Like in Ecclesiastes, when I was like a evangelical youth pastor or whatever, I remember like avoiding that book because I was like, oh, it's just needlessly negative. Like. You know what I mean? Like just ugh, God, or you saw it so, as everything's meaningless unless you have Jesus, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So like you either that yeah. or you're right, you interpret it through that lens. And now like that, I've gotten rid of like that 
lens and I see it through a different lens. I'm like, God, it's brilliant. It's so friggin' brilliant. Yeah. The whole thing is he's just like, do you not see that this is all bullshit? Like, it's all yeah. bullshit. Do you not see this? Like, it reminded me of um, uh, in uh, Pale Blue Dot uh, with by Carl Sagan when he's talking about, you know, you look at the picture of the Pale Blue Dot and you realize all of the shit that we strive for, that we fight for, that we hate each other about and all it, it's it's, yeah. it's on this little microscopic dot in the middle of nothing we are we are fucking less than nothing in fact i think that might have been i don't that might have been like the first teaching in that series was like carl sagan we are fucking less than nothing. we are less than nothing <laughs> but that's good like that's yeah but there's a there's two ways to look at that you can look at that and be depressed by that and look at that and go i'm that's freedom yeah to go like i mean like we had richard Rohr on a couple weeks ago and he's like i'm just a little shit like that's <laughs> that's exactly what he said. Like the, the exact quote that that's there's a freedom to saying I'm just a little shit. I'm nothing. That's fine, because I think in you know he he keeps talking about like in in, in Ecclesiastes all the stuff we strive for, all the stuff that we you know all this. And the conclusion he comes to is like just enjoy like just enjoy your wife, enjoy your work, enjoy uh-huh. your food. In other words, be yep. here in the moment. Like you yep. don't, we're we're all worm food, man. Like we're all dead. Like every fucking one of us, none of us escapes the grave. Like is his yep. overarching point. So just be here right now. Yeah. Here, this is all there is. It so that I'm I, to hear you say mm-hmm. that like just validated so much of like yeah. what I was thinking along those lines. <laughs> so thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, so it, it's safe to assume another. So. I, we were recently called the white trash, trash liturgist. I'm just going to throw that out. <laughs> so, and, and I'm not going to say it doesn't fit. We're not so, disputing it. We're, it, it. I'm not. We're, 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 Hillary's been on the podcast. You can ask her. She'll we're, confirm. We're moments away from uh, from just locking down that domain as is. <laughs> so <laughs> we'll, we'll we'll see how that works out. But anyway, so so I, I feel bad. Your your your, your book is is. Very grounded, very, very spiritual, very. But I'm going to pick apart the the, the 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 most white trash things I can pick apart. So, um, so it's safe to assume that not many uh, interviewers are going to ask you about this either. So, uh, can you talk about the time you were going to the doctor and uh, he <laughs> finding blood in your urine and and, and what it taught you? <laughs> yeah, you really go for those. Uh... It's the hard hitting stuff. General really. focus. Shoot. Yes. Yeah, the hard we're the we're the TMZ um, of podcast, just yes. FYI. <laughs> um, yeah, so I use that story in um in suffering I'm talking about. There's there's I one... was in pain just reading about it. <laughs> yeah. So it was it was painful, but it okay, I guess I'll just give a, a short version for the podcast, but um <laughs> Yeah, went in, had a little blood in my urine, and then they showed me, or they they said they had to check me out. Um, and I think, oh yeah, first, oh wow, I didn't put this part in the book, so I can give you some special bonus Ooh, content. Yes. Here. Uh, <laughs> first, you wanted to check my prostate, and That's always a good time. And then he did, yeah, always a good time. But this guy, I hadn't had it done before, and when I've told other people about what happened, they're like. I don't think that's supposed to happen like that. So he was like, I don't know if you ever saw that. He was really going to town in there. And I don't know if you ever saw that old video, a YouTube video, where like the lady was cr- 
crunching grapes with her feet and then oh, falls off. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> while, while I heard my voice and thought of that video while it was happening. Because those were the sounds I was making. <laughs> but then... But then he like reached here. The weird part was that he reached around. He's like, I got to and basically like milked me. <laughs> you, you got a the old got doctor reach around. Reach around. I, I, yeah. So he basically milked me and, I, and onto something like to see what would come out or I don't know. And it wasn't pleasant. Um, but then he's this like, is the yeah, best okay, fucking thing we have ever have had fun. on this podcast, by the way. <laughs> Zero for ten would not what? recommend. <laughs> this is the best thing we've ever had on this podcast. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Uh, and, and then, and then uh, yeah, then he was like, okay, I don't see anything. I think we're going to have to check out your bladder and see, see what we can see. I'm like, how do you do that like x-rays or asking for a friend (laughs) yeah and he's like uh no i mean we're gonna have to put a scope up there i was like all right i mean i wasn't i'm not a you know i'm not a a guy that that explores in that manner i think one (laughs) one one way street it's exit only (laughs) but he so he I was like trying to cover myself. This is a modern hospital. I'm sure it's going to be fine. It's going to be like a tiny little fishing line. It was not. It was like a quarter inch cable. <laughs> or like, it was thick. It, it made bigger than a quarter inch cable. It was, it was bigger than that. I don't know how it was. I am literally, literally clenching right now just listening. I'm sorry. Did he work for DirecTV as well or? <laughs> it's fiber optic. Don't worry about it. It was the cable. sequel to Cable, the Cable Guy with Jim Carrey, where he's not really a Cable Guy. Yeah, I just, I just, I had this in my truck. It was probably yeah, it. yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> it's fine. I put some, I put some bleach on it to sanitize it. We're fine. <laughs> uh, so there was like, first had to be a washing uh, from the nurse, and. This is actually before they brought it in. There was a washing before the nurse, or as the nurses were washing me, and it was like they're preparing the stuff. I was like, okay, I'm a little worried, but at least, you know, this isn't that bad. <laughs> Just some lady washing your penis, generally. Um, it could be worse. And then, <laughs> and then they brought in. Then they brought in the thing, and and it was like a the turtle went back into his shell. Um, <laughs> Okay. And I'm sorry, you're gonna have to put your thumb up my butt to pop that thing back out again. So, it's, it's not it's not it's not making an appearance unless you, you work for it. Oh, man. Yeah. So so it's let, like it knew it had its own mind. It's like no, we're not doing that. Let let me youth minister with his hat on backwards, sitting backwards in the in in a stool, uh ask you a question. So 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 Michael, uh, what did we learn from this story? <laughs> It was horrible. Um, yeah, I, I included it in the book because it was worse than the actual pain was. Like afterwards, I literally, I went home and was like in the fetal position <laughs> and just like, oh, oh, so, the actual pain wasn't, I don't think. I told a different story in the book about when I experienced a lot of pain, but I was on 
uh, in an altered state of consciousness. Yeah. So I did, didn't was like no <laughs> suffering to it. Um, and so it's basically showing how our pain and our suffering is not the same thing. Right. Physical pain yeah, yeah, yeah. and our and our psychological suffering. We can, and I think that goes to your early question about how the world has changed. And we we have found all sorts of clever ways of pain management, not just yeah. with medicine, but in all sorts of ways. Uh, but we that doesn't necessarily take away the suffering. We can have all yeah. sorts of luxury and opulence um, and still have tremendous suffering. Hmm. I wouldn't call the, the penis camera like tremendous <laughs> opulence, but... <laughs> <laughs> you may not. That's literally the greatest story that's ever been told somebody, on this podcast. Somebody out there probably does. <laughs> Can we talk about myth a little bit? Because you, you quote Ram Dass, all of us are in the same uh, journey. We just have different metaphors. And that's something that over the last three years, the three of us have really, really come to embrace. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's just, it's all paths up, the, all different paths up the same mountain, essentially. Can you just talk about myth and sort of the importance of that and the importance of metaphors in our journeys? Yeah. One thing that I, I hope I'm clear about in the book is that this is, I, this book is not an attempt to get people to believe the things that I believe yes. or to, and thank um, you for that. to change their worldview necessarily as far yeah. as, you know, Christ, Christian, atheist, Muslim, Jew, whatever. I think that how we relate to the stories that we tell about God, about the universe, about ourselves, uh, as far as like how we experience those stories and how we engage with and live within those stories is far more important than the specific like details of the story. Um, so whether you call God, I mean, you, how many churches have I been at where it's like we're preaching about caring for the poor technically because it's in the Bible and yeah. we're preaching about loving our enemies. And at the same time, we're living a completely opposite life. Yeah. Um, so what we say about who God is, well, I'd, I'd much rather have somebody believe in a wrathful God, but live as though live as though it's a loving God. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I, this is not a work of theology to try to change people's views, make them. I think an atheist can be free. I think a Christian can be free. Yes. A Hindu person can be free. Yeah. Um, but those, because what we're doing when we speak about religion, we're speaking about, we're trying to speak about what cannot be spoken. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, yep. that's, you can find that in all the great traditions somewhere. You can find like, I am. Who are you? I am. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> that clears it right up. I ah, am that I it. am. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, <laughs> the Tao that can that can be spoken is not the eternal Tao. Yeah. Or any anywhere you go, the, the great traditions know. Like we're speaking about that which cannot accurately be spoken of yep. because we're using thoughts yep. and words that have been invented by human beings. And we're talking about ultimate reality that's bigger than than thoughts. And infinite, you can't fit infinity within a thought. So how you how you fruitless how you like 
futility, in futility, I don't know how to say it correctly, how you, uh, <laughs> in futility, try to fit infinity into your boxes and metaphors and categories yeah. is not so important, I don't think. To me, it's not unimportant because I do think, for instance, the wrathful God uh, view is harmful. And I think there, there are studies that validate that. Um, when people believe in their in a vengeful God, their, their brain behaves differently, and they then they live with others differently, generally. But I'm, all I'm saying is I don't think it's primary. I don't think the stories that we believe about God, about the universe, are the primary important thing. I think they're great springboards to live, from, to dive from, into mystery, into this, into the lived experience of this that is beyond words that is beyond categories and thoughts, but just is what is. Yeah. Kind of that orthopraxy is greater than orthodoxy or, or, yeah. or yeah, is, only, is more important, I guess. In a way, I just, even, even ortho, even saying that there's right behavior isn't quite capturing it for me. Yeah. Um, as far as in terms of being Oh, we lost her. Um, I think there's different. I think you can you can live in a way that is unencumbered by suffering for yourself, and if you have bad stories that you're living within, you can still be causing suffering for other people. Yeah. So ideally, ideally you're you're looking at your stories, you're deconstructing the shitty parts of your religion or whatever, and and cleaning up your your worldview so that you don't cause other people harm. But through all that, there's like a separate. That's separate, but it's it's not entirely the same journey, which is how clingy are you to those beliefs? Like, do you hold those with open hands or are you like clinging to them like a fundamentalist? Yep. Yeah. Um, and that in that, it doesn't matter what you're clinging to, whether that's atheism or evangelical Christianity or Buddhism or whatever. Uh, if you're clinging on to those beliefs, and those are true. It's black and white true. And this yeah. is who I am. I am a believer of these truths. Uh, you're going to suffer. You're not going to have a very free life. Yeah. One of my favorite things that you said in the book was, uh, while not all myths are created equal, all attachment to any myth creates suffering. And I, I I see that everywhere. And and it's, it's, it's what keeps me from saying I'm Christian or I'm Buddhist or I am any specific vein. Uh, it yeah. is is that I can see the suffering that attaching to to just about any religious um, umbrella uh, can, can cause. So yeah. Um, man, I've got like eighty more questions. No, 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 no. no, no. It, it's great. I, I want to talk about um, uh, the 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 first time you met a shaman. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was that'll be a fun uh coming out of the closet moment for, <laughs> for a lot of people of, of uh psychedelic usage. Um, <laughs> but it's funny cuz I I had my um like my early mystical experiences in my life had nothing I I was not anywhere near any kind of substances at all. Yeah. Um but then it got to a point where my view of reality 
was not matching up with my experience of reality. So I, we were doing the liturgist podcast and we had deconstructed so much. And even though I was open to ideas like God and spirituality and, um, and I, I had experienced oneness and I could talk about the unity of all things. And yeah. I've written songs about it. And there was still something when I was honest, like my gut feeling, if somebody would tell me, you know, a miraculous story or whatever, my gut reaction to an assumption of the world was and of the universe was sort of was a scientific materialism. Basically it was like the world is a, is a bunch of separate stuff that's inherently dead. And maybe, you know, you could call all that separate dead stuff. God, and like, <laughs> well, that was kind of my emotional, but I had experienced reality in a way that, that didn't, that didn't feel right. That didn't feel quite, like how things really are, that, that everything is more alive than that. Yeah. Um, and that, that the word God is in my experience, it's, it's not, it's a metaphor, but it's a really juicy one. <laughs> it's like, right. Yeah, uh, right. There's, there's something in there that is like worth paying attention to. So for my, for my, uh, I had this, I, I've been reading a lot of Ram Dass and, people who had experimented with psychedelics in the past and had heard stories about how it had really like helped certain people at certain times make breakthroughs. And I had been in this, I'd been meditating a ton and um, feeling some things shift. And I told Lisa, my wife, that I was, I don't don't know, I could feel something was about to change. And I came upon this shaman guy and he was going to have this ceremony as and, as um, happens happens in indiana all the fucking time dude you have no idea <laughs> just shamans everywhere <laughs> yeah i guess i live in a weird world um but he had yeah he invited me to take part of this ceremony and we the whole thing involved some like stones i wrote this word on some stones and we threw you know i don't know and by the end with the end of the night we did a, a mushroom ceremony mushrooms that he had grown himself and put all this love into and uh and so it wasn't it was the farthest thing from like a a party yeah drug right thing. yeah <laughs> it's not like a fucking rave you're not wearing neon and <laughs> no. sucking on a pacifier <laughs> no. or anything <laughs> No, it was like we set our intentions and my intent and then took it like the Eucharist or something. It right. was like um, a very holy, sacred moment. We were silent. And, um, I, my intention was basically to see to to if there's anything to thou to a God that's worth talking to, that's worth talking about, that that would shake up my view of the world in any way I just wanted to see him or it they completely and or clearly some way that I could that would shake up my experience that my my experience of the magical world that I could use that I could speak about it and think about it and have my gut feeling about how things work more closely match up Um, and what happened on that trip was I saw I was looking for the, I'm going to borrow a 
a ter- like a way of saying this from a guy named Fred Davis who I really like. When I heard him say this, and it so resonated with how I experienced this. Um, but I was looking for the truth of God, but what I found instead was the fiction of Michael Gunger. Oh, that's and, great. Oh, man. And it was basically like I saw the seer. I saw the mechanism by which all the questions were being asked, by which all my assumptions of the universe were being made. And I saw the ego um, for what it is, this little ball of fear. Mm-hmm. And and then from then on, I couldn't unsee it. I couldn't unsee like when questions would come up about whatever God or reality or anything. Um, I, I didn't identify anymore with that ball of fear. So it wasn't me that needed to know the answer. Yep. Um, there's the question. Sure. There, there it exists. Fascinating. Interesting. <laughs> um, and it just fundamentally, I saw too, too clearly to be able to ever go back to the me being this floating guy through space being like, what is the meaning of all that out there? <laughs> I suddenly, um, I identified more with the all and saw the, the the small Michael Gunger story within myself. Does that make any sense? Yeah, sure does. Absolutely, yeah. Um, So you've got a chapter called Letting Go of Yourself, and you quote our mutual friend Hillary McBride, who is just just a next next level person. I mean, anytime we interview interview her, we literally just sit in stunned silence when she says stuff. We we can't. It's our worst interviews because we just sit and well, uh, I don't know about that. It's our best. Content. It's our best. It's our best content, but our worst. We're just we're just stunned by what the stuff she comes up. With. It's just amazing yeah. what what she's able she to to bring forward. Yeah, uh, and she says yeah. you've never seen your own face. Big fan. Yeah, <laughs> big fans of Hillary. McBride. Yeah, you've never seen your own face. You've only seen the face your world has reflected back at you. Um, yeah. Can you just talk a little bit about how we see ourselves and why we need to let that go? Hmm. I don't think we need to let it go unless you want to stop suffering. <laughs> if you want to, I think the the world. But we we do have this like uh, this sense of self of who we are that feels real. And there's this guiding. Ah, I don't want to. I don't want to go there because I don't want to give away the spoiler of the the dog parable. <laughs> but it feels like we. We know who we are. We're this, but it's funny when you really ask a person, you go into like inquiry about, okay, who are you? Where you're this, you feel like you're this body, but you're not really the body. You know that, like, you know that if you cut your fingernails, you're not, Michael Gunger doesn't become less. (laughs) Right. Yeah. Right. Fingernails are fine. I lost a bit. So we know at some level, we're not the body. The body by itself is just a corpse. Like, you know, when somebody dies, you say, well, the, Michael left when he, I was in the hospital bed and he was there and then he was gone. So it's yep. not the body. We right. have this understanding. But then when you like really inquire into, so where is the Michael? Um, you can't ever find it. Like where, where is it? Is it in the, what part of the brain? Can you yep. cut it out and show me where the Michael right. is? Um, or in the heart or where, where are you going to find it in the body? And and so this sense of self that we have, when you really look into it and you see it's actually this set of stories that's been handed to you from your environment. Um, 
your parents, my parents named me Michael and then they told their friends to call me Michael. So everybody in my world started calling me Michael. And soon I started believing that I was a Michael and, and I had this sense of self. And then people told me about my personality and I read an Enneagram number and Ooh, Michael is an Enneagram five. And yeah. And Michael likes this and hates this. And there's this, all this stuff that we've been seeing reflected back at us from our culture. Um, and it's fine. It's all practically useful stuff. Um, but it's all built. It's all just a mirage. It's all just from from the world. And there's what's underneath all of that. Who who is who is this Michael character? And so when we begin to really probe that question, uh, by the way, when you start, it's, the ego often will find all sorts of wonderful defense mechanisms. So that's really <laughs> yes. threatening <laughs> for sure. Um, and. But what we see when we when we finally dig under all of that and you find the true self, capital S, that can't there is no like boundaries. Where can you find the boundaries between your body and the air that you're breathing and the sunlight and the, the gravity that's holding you to the planet and the and the laws of physics that keep your atoms being held together? Like where where are the boundary lines between all of this? Between what you are and what everything else is? You can't ever find any the closer you look. And so when that sense of self begins to kind of dissolve into the experience of here and now and all this, all of this, um, it's, it's interesting that you'll notice that all the problems that the Michael has tend to fade away with it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and with that sense of like, separate mean this is what i need the universe to be this is what i need god to be this is what i need my wife to be for me right now and then as soon as, as soon as some of that like clinging to what the world needs to be um and how that's tied in with your identity as soon as that begins to kind of melt into the ocean of like being here and now being this uh it's all of a sudden impossible to find a problem where's the problem who yeah. has the problem yep and uh, so that sense of self and how it relates to our suffering and how it relates to our problems in the world, it's, it's something that we so often don't even think about. Like when we're, we're caught up in the drama of whatever situation, most of us are never like, well, how am I seeing myself right now? <laughs> right. It's not a yeah. question we quickly move to. We're like, yeah. what's wrong with that person? Yep. Why is this person doing this? Why did they do that to me? I wish that it's always outside and you're looking at this mirror um, of the culture and, and getting a sense of who I am and who they are and who we are, and who, you know, the us and the them. And, and it's all these stories. And uh, so I think that that quote much more concisely and beautifully puts it. <laughs> I just rambled on about. Um, but you, we see this we see this face when we think of ourselves, what we're actually seeing is what our culture is projected at us and when we can see that it allows us to actually experience our own true face which is everything yeah i mean it's like we you know we come into the world naked and free and we spend the rest of our lives losing that and trying to find it again i mm. I, I think like i i that's i think i've heard pete holmes say i feel like we've been ripped from something what if we've been ripped from such something 
much worse than a vagina, I think is how he puts it. Like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like we, we have this, like that we're, we're at one with the, with all things or whatever. And we, it, that infants are there. They understand that in some weird way. And at some point along the, the line, we lose that because we're being given these labels. We're giving, given these, uh, all this data and input that's saying this is what you are. You're this person. You're this person. You're this is who yeah. you are. This is what the family does. This is what an American does. Yeah. You're a you know you're a white middle class American. You're whatever it is like, and mm-hmm. so then the rest like we we I think that what we end up trying to do is trying to find the freedom away from all that, but we generally will mask it in alcohol, drugs, shopping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. success whatever it whatever you know whatever gets you there whatever it is but then you know it's kind of that you know what was it Ram Dass that says you know you don't want to be a Christian you want to be free you don't want to be a Buddhist mm-hmm. you don't want to mm-hmm. be you know all these mm-hmm. sober you don't want to be all these things you want to be free like that's what yeah. you actually want and so our entire lives yeah. are geared toward that but we yeah. so few people it seems like really try to t- understand the correct path to that. You know what I'm saying? We, we try to try to take care of that with all sorts of external superficial things. And it's just not going to work, hmm. which is where I think suffering comes in and can be a great teacher. It, Cause I think it suffering of, among all things strips all that shit away. Yeah. It's good. Maharaji Ram Dass's guru said, yeah. I love suffering. It brings me so close to God. Mm-hmm. I think that's there's something really beautiful about that. Well, is, damn, uh, what's what's the cross if it isn't that? I mean, yeah. Oh, God, all right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> all right. So that's I, great. I, I'm I'm a big fan of uh, re, like Christian stuff. <laughs> yeah, it sure. Comes back in this context. Yes, that, yes. That's what made me. It's through all of the Ramdas and Eastern stuff that yep. I was studying that I really fell in love with so much Christianity again yep. for a lot of time, for a long time. I just like walked away from it. I, you know, I still, uh, I'm not like a church going Christian guy, but yeah, neither are we. But, <laughs> okay. <laughs> but the, but the, but the Christian metaphors, the Christian liturgy, even like, I think this body of Christ thing that, that roars the universal Christ, how, how does that bring even communion into context? Actually, I was, Pete Holmes, you mentioned him, I was hanging out with him a couple of weeks ago, and he brought this to my attention. Like, we've always thought the evangelical Christians, I was like, the body and the blood of Jesus. And it was kind of gross and like cannibalistic and weird. Yeah. yeah. But the body of Christ, literally the body of the universe, the body of everything, the blood of everything. Um, I don't know. I think, I think when you get this kind of broader context, uh, and this unitive view of the world, there's so much of Christianity that comes to life in a new way for me. Um, so we've, we've, I want to ask one more question and then I want to do a lightning round if you've got time for it. Um, so, uh, we've got a listener, uh, Susan Frazier who has, uh, also reading your book, she got it at one of your shows. Um, and, oh, cool. uh, so I, I found out she was reading. It. I was like, Hey, if you got any questions, let me know. If, if, <laughs> and so she's helped shape mm-hmm. a lot of the, of the questions we've asked tonight. Um, but one question she had, um, and I don't know if you'll go into it, but so, but it'll, it'll be up to you. Um, any glimpse of what 
might be your next musical endeavor after the conclusion of Gunger? I'm not sure. I'm, we're, tr- we're trying to figure that out. And I'm, I've been not trying to, well, by I say we're trying to figure it out, not, not actively. I've been more um, purposeful about being present with the work that I'm doing now yep. as well. So yeah. the work that I've been doing now is this book and these podcasts and occasionally having time to pick up my guitar and strum a little thing and putting in my <laughs> voice memos to see if I want to visit it later. Um, but so no, we, Lisa and I have some conversations like, are we going to do a, is the first thing we're going to do like a joint project or should we do some solo stuff first or, and it's kind of fun, uh, having like no idea. And I, yeah. I also didn't want to, um, finish out this last Gunger chapter with that really being what I'm focused on sure. and, yeah, and yeah. saying yeah. like, here's, and even like at the concerts, okay, guys, no, don't forget to check out the new band. All <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I just, I kind of want to fo- like let, let the chapter close in a way yeah. that we're really present for it and, and see what it feels like after that. And what kind of music do we, and that's why we released the archives records. Like we didn't want all these hanging things in the air. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, when we, when we decide to move for and start making the new music, about, well, we should have done something with that thing on the old hard drive. Maybe we could repurpose it for this new band. We just wanted to, like, clean slate. Yeah. Um, so we've been doing that emotionally as well, like just focusing on closing out Gunger and seeing what, what naturally happens next. That's awesome. All right, lightning round. Um, All right. <laughs> uh, in numerical order, who are your favorite liturgist co-hosts? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. Totally kidding. <laughs> Totally kidding. Uh, Number one, obviously Hillary McBride yeah. goes without saying. <laughs> um, no. uh, so uh, one question is, uh, what is the most impactful liturgist episode for you personally? Hmm. Um, I think the result of it was LGBTQ. Um, we did, it was the time that we did it. I thought in doing that episode that I was going to lose my career. Um, I had gotten in so much trouble from like questioning the literal creation of Genesis um, <laughs> that I thought if that's what happened with that, like <laughs> what's going to happen with this episode. Um, but it just, the way it came together and what we were trying to do, yeah, it wasn't, like if we released that episode today, it wouldn't be, it'd be, I'm sure it's problematic in a number of ways. And you know, like <laughs> there's a lot more people that are now like, well, yeah, duh, come on, get into this. Yeah. But at the time it was like, uh, very scary. And, yeah. Yeah. and the, the result of it was we've, I don't think we've heard as many stories, um, from any other podcasts that we've done as much yeah. as, as we've heard from that one, as far as like, you know, my son was gay and came out and yeah. I, we never, until that podcast, we had always been trying to send him to therapy or whatever. Yeah. Conversion therapy. Um, or I came out of the closet because of that episode. Okay. Like just story after story. I wanted to kill myself before I heard that episode. We heard yep. that a lot. Yep. Wow. Um, so that, I think that episode has been the most, that's the happiest I've been with something we've made. I think yeah, as far so- as like, the effect and so glad that 
that we that I that and pr- and proud of this old body here that found the courage <laughs> to do it. Yeah. Like um even thinking that it would cost him everything. I have like a career suicide video on my phone <laughs> that I made right before I posted it and <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so I think that episode was was really meaningful. Yeah, we did we um our 63rd episode. Our 63rd episode was similar but before before that when we were doing a church plant we came out as affirming in in Trump Trump in a Trump country our county, um, wow. and uh, we we lost our building because of it. Like, yep. Yeah. Bottom line. So, yep. and, and wow. started a podcast instead. Much better. <laughs> so, um, yeah. so well, well done for that, guys. <laughs> Thank you. That's, no, that's that's a that's a rare and beautiful um, sacrifice. It's it's. Unfortunately, rare, but it, but it, and people, I speak. especially, yeah. So, I mean, are you, are you guys all straight? Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. We're yeah. all straight, married, have and as, seven I mean, kids between us, but we don't, and we don't regret that at all. No, not in the least. Yeah. Not in the least. I'd do it again tomorrow. Yeah. But even like, it's such a beautiful act of love, especially it, you guys knowing what it would cost you and not, you don't, you don't gain anything with it being straight guys. Yeah. <laughs> right. Know, yeah. You, nobody gives you any more respect. Right. Um, but so let me just applaud you because I'm sure a lot of the world did not. <laughs> Thank you. We appreciate that. <laughs> we lost our biggest donor at the yeah. time. So no, that didn't, yeah. it didn't. For it sure. great. <laughs> uh, what is your, your beverage of choice? Uh, Topo Chico. Topo oh yeah. Topo water. Chico, water. Yeah. Yeah. Sparkling water. I got you. Um, was I supposed to say an alcoholic drink? No, you can say whatever, whatever you want. Nope. What, do you have an alcoholic favorite drink? It's just it doesn't. I don't do it on purpose, but anytime I order a drink, it ends up being the most like frou frou drink. Hell yeah, yeah, man, dude! Like, fuck it. You're in fucking L.A. It's hot all the time. No, drink. I'm, I'm yeah. so freaking tired of this shit. That, like, oh, you're not a man. You know, fuck you. If I want a strawberry daiquiri, I'll order one. <laughs> if I want They're a goddamn delicious. mojito, I'm gonna drink a goddamn mojito. <laughs> God. <laughs> But Lisa's the opposite. She always gets like whiskey on the rock. So they bring the two drinks. Love it. And it's, they just assume the ones for her. It's like, come on, that's mine, man. That's great. That's great. What is the last album you listened to, start to finish? Hmm. Good question. What is the last album, start to finish? I haven't been listening to a lot of music this year. Let me, let me think. It's Moana, isn't oh, it? Oh, Neil Sprom. Neil Sprom. I've been listening to a lot of his stuff. All right. Well, I'll be downloading that. Neil Sprom. Yeah, which I don't know. He's like a, I think he's German. It's like instrumental, um, chill, beautiful music. What is the your favorite movie that you've seen in the last year? Ah. Uh, it doesn't have to have come out in the last year, but just something that that uh, you've you've watched in the last year. I think I rewatched About Time, and I really like that movie. Ooh, that is a good movie. It's one of my favorite movies. I own that one as well. Yeah, um, that's a nice one. What is, what is the best Star Wars film? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think the third one. So, Return of the Jedi or Revenge of the Sith? 
No, Return of the Jedi. Okay. No, not Revenge of the Sith. What the hell's wrong with you? <laughs> well, that is the th- episode three, I, but it's the third. Oh, we, we, I knew what he was talking about. God, yeah. Michael. Jeez. Okay. Can you tell which one of us is the biggest Star Wars it's nerd? Me. Um, <laughs> Jesus. So I don't know. I don't know though. Maybe that's not true. Maybe I, I I might not agree with that. I'm not a Star Wars nerd. <laughs> that's fine. Um, that's, I just remember being real real excited about that. Yeah. Um, how do you like your coffee? Uh, I don't really drink coffee. I. Isn't that weird? You drink tea? Um, yeah, I like matcha tea. Okay. Okay. Nice. Yep. Um, this is a question. The very first time we ask it all the time. We even ask Richard Roy this question. Um, but the very first person we asked it to was uh, Science Mike. Yep. When he came on the podcast. Oh, nice. He was so, our first interview. He was he? Yes. He was our been. first he was interview. Long yeah. time ago. It's his fault that people wow. come on this show. <laughs> Um, <laughs> shortly followed by Rob Bell. So, um, oh, cool. so here's, here's the question. Do you believe in the multiverse? Ooh, I think this question, I don't know. I think that I, I think infinity, I think everything is infinite. Um, so how that plays out in form, I'm not sure. I would be, I guess I would probably be surprised if there's not an infinite amount of Michael Gungers walking around talking <laughs> to one of you guys, except Hillary's on your team rather than ours. <laughs> <laughs> that's, oh, that's a, I would live in that multiverse. Well, yeah. Poor, <laughs> Hil- Poor Hillary. Yeah, oh, Hillary's like, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, so uh, that's 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 pretty much it. Um, where what did where, Richard Rohr say about the multiverse? Uh, he uh, what did he I say? Man, I can't I think remember. He was basically like, sure, like <laughs> I, like it was just one of those, like yeah, whatever you say, yeah. <laughs> yeah. With with the Richard Rohr laugh before, <laughs> yeah. Though. yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he was like, I don't know, hmm? <laughs> you know that kind of thing. <laughs> we love him so. I God, think he's he, so he great. was positive about the the multiverse. It, it was it was a positive yes. answer. So I, I think yeah. he's hopeful for it. Um, who knows? Um, so yeah, yeah. Where can people find you online? Find uh, the info Michael about Gunger. the book as well. MichaelGunger.com. Start. Yeah, and then uh, I. I tweet more than other, like my social media preference is usually Twitter, Michael Gunger, or sometimes Instagram, but usually Twitter. See? Very rarely Facebook. Well, you're the better for it. <laughs> it is yeah. a shit show. Cool. All right. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast, man. Everyone go buy this uh, for, for where to buy it. Go to michaelgunger.com. Uh, links will be in the show notes. Um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Yeah, it was great, man. Thank you. Thank you for having us. At me, I said us. <laughs> well, we have <laughs> talked to like Lisa too. So. Yeah, she was also delightful. Yes. Yeah. So we've had you, Science Mike, Hillary, uh, Lisa was on the podcast. Now we just need to get uh, William yeah. on. Get so, William. Yep. The whole gotta, crew. Get the get the the whole collection. The, lit- <laughs> the liturgist grand slam. <laughs> yes. yes. <So. laughs> cool. All right. Cool. Thank you guys. For Thanks, having man. Yeah. Thanks a lot. Now that we puked in your seat. 
Three years Skigity-bop, staring bop, bop. at you. Skigity-bop. Every week. Skigity pop. pop. Dirty pop. Pop pop pop. Dirty pop. <laughs> and you know what? All <laughs> your face is worth. It's all the payment I, I need. <laughs> I can literally. There's a button. I can change your face. God damn it! Uh, uh, got any reviews? Ridiculous. No reviews? Ridiculous. Man. No. Yeah, that, no. well, fuck, fuck you guys. What the hell are you going to do? Here you are. It's Listen all, to it's, our goddamn podcast. It's all an illusion. Who gives a shit? All yeah. right. It um, all was a contract. It's literally Apple all. Apple Podcasts is none a contract. Of this, none of this means anything. Who gives a shit? But all I, right. I want to review because I want to read shit. <laughs> all right. Uh, Twitter feedback. Top 10. Tweet, 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 tweet. I don't, I don't know what this one is means. So I wanted this one on okay. here to see if you guys had <laughs> any right. idea. So Robbie at Sin- you know, you know, I was pretty wasted last week. I'm probably not going to remember. <laughs> no, okay. So can we talk about that? Yeah, I listened to the God, episode. It, was, fun. it was like listening to an episode in reverse, yeah. and it was the funniest thing you got ever. More you sober. sobered up as the podcast went on, yeah. and it was the greatest. It, you can almost ever. pinpoint the moment when he <laughs> gets sober. Yes. I got real quiet, and then I. And then I, you start asking like rele- actually fucking relevant questions. <laughs> yeah, it's great. <laughs> Which is a new thing for you. Fuck you. <laughs> All right. Wh- what are you doing? I'm texting our boss. Oh. Hi, boss. All right. Uh, number 10, Robbie at Sin- Sinfoman. 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 Sinfoman does whatever Sinfoman does. At Pastor's Podcast, Garage Doors 297, White Rascal Zero. It's okay, though, because hashtag his mom called him white rascal. Hashtag Mutar. I have no means? fucking idea. I would think it has something to do with me throwing uh, a dog against a garage door. I probably. I didn't, I didn't actually throw a gra- dog against yeah, a garage Yeah, you did. No, I threw a dog against a wall, <laughs> and I threatened to throw a coyote against my garage door. Yeah. Two different stories. And we're a vest, uh, made, and we're, we're a vest made out of rabbit corpses. Oh, uh, yeah. That's number true. number yeah. nine. I still want to shoot coyotes on your porch. Can we do that sometime? Yeah. Right. Oh, God. We go out there and just Dude, get hammered. Dude, I want to go out fuck. there with a bottle of Old no. Forester rye, which, by the way, is buy that. <laughs> oh my god. That shit is like $20. Yeah. And it is that is one of the best whiskeys yeah. I've ever had You're ever. Just proving Matt Benson. No, I don't crack. give a shit because it's delicious. All right. Also, I'm drinking uh from uh the Land- House of Lancaster. Yeah, if you can get your hands on that Their too. Bell Cow J Dubs Brewing from J Dubs Brewing Company, Bell Cow Milk Chocolate Porter. Crazy good. Oh my god. Crazy good. Throw a scoop of ice cream in it. Yeah, like, that's great. That's what I want to do. Number 9, Tim Bennett at Tim Bennett one two one one. Timmy B. Timmy and the Bennetts. Timmy and the Bennetts. Australia's finest. Get out, you mate. Timmy and the Bens. At Patrick's podcast, hashtag tainted cookie dough. Number eight. That's it. Yeah, I like that. Number eight. I like that for its simplicity. Simplicity, just straight to the point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Number eight, rogue theologian at Brian Adland. Hey, new, 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 
New turd. Brian Adlin. You gotta say it like Adlin. Um, there's got to be a, a sheep joke yes. there somewhere. At Pastors Podcast, uh, I love the last episode with Brad Pickens, but I love that you, Michael, were so hammered on one and a half old fashions. You were so blitzed, it made my work, my morning at work, enjoyable. Yeah. <laughs> God, you that's were, as drunk as I've ever seen you. you. Were, yeah, that yeah. is. As I, I have no tolerance because literally the only time I drink yeah. is for this podcast. Me too. I might much, have yep. one other beer throughout the I'm week. I'm the same way. That's yeah. about it. Yeah, and so you were God. You were, oh yeah. man, it felt great. Oh, I bet it did. When you got up at the restaurant and almost fell over. And that's when like, you gave wow. me your key. Like, yeah, take my keys. Okay. So I, I do have to give Matt props because, number yeah. one, Matt took care of me. He drove my car. He did. And he and gave he you water. And he gave me lots and lots of yeah. water. What Save was it? Ass. Two minutes into the podcast. Michael, God drink damn it, Michael, drink your drink water. Drink your water. Yeah. yeah. It helped. <laughs> no. Well, I just. I, Number like, seven. I mean, it, we get. I mean, we don't. We're trying not to be irresponsible in this podcast. Yeah. Like, we yeah. drink. And there's some nights where we get like Rusty Nail episodes where we get fucking hammered, but like we don't drive home drunk. Like we just, that's not a thing. So, Uh, number seven, David Sluss at Dave the Explorer. Sorry. (laughs) Dave, you're boring as fuck. No, I'm. It's 30, Brad. That's all the whiskey. Um, That's all the whiskey. Great quote from Brad Pickens on Pastor's Podcast, episode 164. All the obscenities that I had in my head that needed to be said aren't going to communicate the gospel to them. Yeah. Hashtag Muta. Yeah. That was a good episode, it man. Was good. We need to have him back up to do yeah. the positive shit. Her? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Number her. six at Lounge Iguana. At Pastors Podcast. That was a tough that was tough to listen to. Hearing how badly Brad got screwed over by uh the event uh, the Episcopal Church forced me to confront that my own denomination, even the non evangelical bits of it, can be just as shitty. Yeah. And it's not just about crap theology. Kyrie fucking Ilaison. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Mutar. That's a tattoo right there. Is what yeah, that I is. like that. Curie Curie fucking fucking um, Here's the thing. If it's run by a human, it's going to be fucked up somehow. It is, but goddamn, like when it's, I totally understand the rage of when it's it, all institutions are run by humans, but when it's, when it's run by humans, but they act like it's run by God and they treat people yes. like shit. Yeah. Fuck In off. the name of God. Yeah. Yeah. That's where I just, I'm out. Number five, Beck Ray at Little Rev Beck. Uh, she has a double dipper this week. Oh, this is we got Australian yeah, feedback, I man. Uh, hashtag product product update at Pastors Podcast. Pigs also have a hashtag corkscrew penis, and this fun mm. fact led to my old workplace nickname of Richard Ham. <laughs> hashtag oink. Dick old, Ham. Old Dicky Ham. Boy. Uh, so she has a new name in the pub. Dick it's going to be Dicky Ham. <laughs> Boy, I uh huh. Or I'm uh, pretty pretty speechless on that one. That's uh, uh, number four, El Duende. Let's share the milk of human kindness. <laughs> number four, El Duende Maiz de Iowa e Indiana at Bear Named Baloo. Uh, <laughs> I can, B. I can confirm. Pigs, pigs corkscrew too. Hashtag corkscrew penis for hashtag corkscrew cervix. It goes both ways. Hashtag pub vet. It goes both ways. <coughs> Interesting. Yep. He's a, he is a he is a vet. So Man, that's, wait, wait. That, is, that is weird. What do you what? You say what did you say? What what? God, goes, number number three. It goes both it goes ways. both ways. Hmm. Yes, yeah, so you can corkscrew it either way, yeah. Michael. You get the best. Oh, boy.
I knew he was. I knew there was something. <laughs> I knew I, he was fishing. He for was something. fishing for something. That's why I didn't move on because I was just waiting. Number three, Beck Ray, little rib. Beck. Hashtag Mutar. Dicky Ham. Yeah, old Dicky Ham. Uh, hashtag <laughs> Mutar is now my trigger word after this week's Pastors Podcast. Talked a little close to the bone, and my old <laughs> handle hashtag Awkward Anglican has never been more true. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Uh, number two, Dan Burgess at DP Burgers and Fries. Hashtag Girth Space Brooks. Force, fuck yeah. <laughs> hashtag Girth Brooks, the name of a Southern Stegosaurus. DP Burgers nice. and Fries. <laughs> Can we just say delightful guy? Yeah, he's just, wonderful. Just yeah, wonderful, wonderful guy. Yeah. He was great hanging out with yeah. him. I expect him to be a lot worse than he was. <laughs> I expect him just to be a garbage human being. <laughs> yeah, just a shitty, shitty fucking person. And, and he's, 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 he's not. He's, no. he's, he's easy to look he's at. He's pretty too. delightful. He's, he's a he's a handsome individual. He's a handsome yeah. guy. Would not uh, would would not kick him out of bed. No, I'd what? fuck it. Wow. Wow. Well, all right. Well, Matt just went. Mm. Jesus well, Christ! Like, what are you doing? Yeah, exactly. Number one. <laughs> Laurel. <laughs> no, that's not what we play now. There it is. <laughs> but if Matt, I don't play Laurel, people complain. <laughs> Matt's all like. Uh, number one, Christopher. <laughs> no, Christopher Allen Maloney at Maloney's Movies. Drunk Michael is the best Michael. He reminds me of this kid named Bryce from my old youth group who got funnier the more his riddle and wore off. <laughs> Hashtag Mutar. <laughs> <laughs> that's really good one time i went to ciy and uh forgot your riddling my uh, my youth pastor had an intervention with me uh because i drank too much mountain dew that sounds and, about and right. i was just was it me no it wasn't michael the the lord is not pleased was it something to those to, along no it was like hey hey um, you're being fucking annoying and i this, hate you will you please is, stop this is a spiritual retreat yeah probably that's what he was thinking <laughs> yeah this is a spiritual treat and you keep getting up to go pee can you stop can i just say like i'll just go ahead and confess it now had some kids didn't like them I had oh some yeah kids i just did oh like. yeah i fucking hated them yes. yeah i did so, when, when they were going on trips it feels, like, fuck it feels very freeing to know uh, yeah but there were certain kids when they were on the sign up sheet i was like god damn it yeah <laughs> you like fake cancel the trip so they don't <laughs> yes. go you just call them. Sorry, man. Thank you. Cancel. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Not all. I loved a lot of my, most of my, my, my students, but man, there were some that was just like, Ooh, you yeah. I loved like 33% of them. Something like that. <laughs> Give or take. <laughs> seems, seems a little high. No, it doesn't. <laughs> yeah. All right. We paid close attention and we wrote them all down. Now it's time to decide our hashtag. Hashtag wandering around in the mist. <coughs> hashtag are you going to pull it up? What was that? Is somebody, I don't even know. Somebody said, Michael said something like Jeez. that. Hashtag smoking rat everywhere. <laughs> smoking rat? Yeah, when the lasers smoke the rats. When it trips oh, the laser yeah, things yeah, at the I White House. Yeah. Hashtag, what happens in the bayou? <laughs> oh, no. Nope. <laughs> nope. Not doing that. Hashtag, porn law. <laughs> I've got that. Hashtag, when this is going to win. I just know it. Hashtag, when in yep. fake Rome. <laughs> God damn it. I love it so much. <laughs> Hashtag, Gunger songs done with a limp. When in fake Rome. <laughs> Uh, hashtag the new Barney and Friends album is high art. <laughs> hashtag not being ashamed of touching my wee wee. <laughs> hashtag the TMZ of podcasts. That's actually better than white trash literature. I think be. it might be. Yeah, we really be. are the TMZ of podcasts. 
And that's not a compliment. <laughs> the TMZ of pro- progressive oh, Christian podcasts. God. Uh, hashtag really going to town in there. <laughs> to the doctor when he was getting his his prostate exam. <laughs> uh, hashtag you reached around and milked me. <laughs> hashtag penis camera. <laughs> hashtag the litter just grand slam. <laughs> hashtag old dicky ham. <laughs> old dicky ham. Old dicky hams. You got to put hams. Um, hashtag coal fetish. I, well, I don't even. I yeah, the guy with the diamonds remember. up his ass. I said maybe he has a coal fetish. <laughs> and he rode the motorcycle. And he rode the into motorcycle. Diamonds. Yeah. Uh, hashtag big bad grannies. Oh. Uh, <laughs> no. Nope. Hell, fucking no. I'm man. sorry. No. Is there, a, is there not a weird part in the recesses of your brain and a morbid curiosity that wants to see? No. Jesus. No. no. Oh my God. No. We're just asking for. No. Jesus Christ. I didn't say for for sexual gratification, but is there not just to see? <laughs> Thank you. Hi, Grandma. <laughs> Jesus. Wait, is it your grandma or somebody else's grandma? No, no. Jesus Christ, what's wrong? Fucking hell. God, what is this podcast? <laughs> My grandma's dead, but, you asshole. But, but you don't uh, go to somebody else's grandma and say, hey, grandma. No, no, no. The movie, bi- never mind. No, no, no. Fucking no. It's like whatever a, the answer, whatever like the a, question is, no. The it's answer's like a no. Gra- it's like a grandma, like... Stop. Gathering, Stop it. A knitting, Stop it. A knitting group, a crochet group. Michael, like Michael, and you're the pizza boy. Michael, look me in the eye. Look me in the eyes. I Michael. Can't, I can't do it. Michael. Okay, it's going to be hashtag the, the pizza boy. Michael, no. Brad, look me in the eyes. No. I can't believe I have to be the reasonable one on this podcast. Are you fucking kidding me? Just the best. I have to be the moral voice. <laughs> Jesus. What the pizza boy? <laughs> what? <laughs> I can't believe anybody what's, comes on this podcast. What's on your man? IMDb uh, oh credit? Pizza boy and bad grandma's 14. Oh, my God. <laughs> Michael, look at me. Michael, look at me. No. Some granny Bukake. Brad, look at me. <laughs> Fucking look at your older brother. No. No. My God. <laughs> Are you done with your hashtags? Oh, no. It's him. My stomach is hurting. <laughs> oh, I was God. done five minutes ago. Oh. Hashtag James. Actually, you know what? I was done two hours ago. That's what I was done. Hashtag James Boned. <laughs> the law you've reached the law offices of James, James Bond. Hashtag porn law is our specialty. Hashtag porn lawyer. Uh hashtag from anus with love. No. Nope. Fucking no. God damn it, man. Hashtag, hashtag Sammy's son. <laughs> Oh my god. Oh hashtag win in fake room. Hashtag doctor reach around. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a spit take from that. Uh, and then if hashtag James Bone. Go visit Dr. Reach around. And then hashtag <laughs> uh, Oh man. Oh, and then hashtag turtle went back in its shell. 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. I've got uh, hashtag. They still have kissing and fries. What does that? The French. No, no, no. Fuck you. Fuck you, Michael. You're a bad person. Oh, my God. <laughs> fuck you. Jesus. Uh. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? I don't understand how people cannot understand the devastation of a work of art going up in flames. God, I hate no. you so much sometimes. Uh, <laughs> wandering around in the midst. In the mist. Uh, bratty Pauls. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, brown diamonds. <laughs> okay, that's that's actually pretty good. Uh, I no. like brown diamonds. I do blood diamonds, but that's probably ass. it is. Yeah. Uh, coal fetish. Uh, <laughs> insert rectal joke. Coal fetish. Hashtag underground bunker of porn. <laughs> the guy lifts his mattress, and there it is. Oh. Um, hashtag <laughs> James Boned. Diamonds are forever. Uh, James Boned, porn porn lawyer. That might be it right there. <laughs> Hashtag win in fake Rome. God damn it. It's going to be win in fake Rome. Hashtag, That's so good. Hashtag touching my wee wee. Uh, win in fake Rome is so good. Hashtag reached around and milked me. Okay. That's Hashtag, actually probably more on brand. Hashtag basically milked me. Hashtag quarter inch cable. Oh man! Uh, and here, here are the good ones. Uh, pizza boy at a crochet party. Maybe <laughs> 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 hashtag pizza boy and gra- bad grandma's fourteen. <laughs> pizza boy at a crochet. Oh party. my lord. <laughs> Oh, man. All right. I like uh, hashtag Cole Fetish. I like James Boned. And I like I like Win in Fake Rome. It's going to be Win in Fake Rome. I think we knew when we said it. <laughs> you, Michael, you good with that? I, I'm good with that. I mean, basically milked me is pretty great. Yeah. Well, that and the uh, reach around, reached around and milked me. That's oh, yeah, a pretty good yeah. one. And uh, Pizza Boy at a crochet party. <laughs> I'm going to regret not using that one. All right. Win in fake Rome. AKA <laughs> the honky bucket of. Oh, man. The honky Olive bucket Garden. for Italians. Yeah. Italian honky, Italian honky, honky bucket. bucket. Oh, man. <laughs> Pretty much is true. Yeah. All right. Pulling out. If you've if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with what share your joke with the class. What what are you saying? I'm sorry, is it okay to be racist against Italians? No, no, no. no. Okay. no. <laughs> Too soon. All right. Um, if you've listened, boy, that'd be this, a great, great hashtag right there. Uh, if you've listened to this episode in its entirety, hit us up on social media with the hashtag hashtag Win in Fake Rome. Um, support for this podcast comes. Oh, we're on Twitter at Pastors Podcast. Uh, at Paul and A. Matt. At MJ Basinger. We are Facebook.com slash Pastors Podcast. Instagram, uh, Inglorious Pastors. Uh, don't forget uh, jizzmuzzle.com for all your jizzmuzzly goodness. Um, time for pulling out. Support for this podcast comes from listeners like you. Subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts. Check out our website, IngloriousPastors.com, jizzmuzzle.com. 
Support us on Patreon to join the Pastor's Pub, get access to our spinoff podcasts, buy us around, and even help shape the content of this show. Patreon.com slash Pastor's Podcast. Check out our friends, the Twisted Sisters, on their Apple Podcast feed. And most importantly, ask the void a question. So 484-PASTOR. 484-727-8373. Do we have any yet? We have a few. We need more. All right. So stop what you're doing. Um, Yeah, because the more you talk to Billy, the less we have to. Yes. The more questions for Billy, the better. So, (laughs) and... Even if it's not for Billy, just the proverbial void, ask a, ask a question, yeah. and Billy will answer. About atheism, and whatever. Yeah. Or Star Wars, or Swamp Thing, or wrestling, whatever you whatever you want for Billy. <laughs> It'll be a catch-all. It'll be great. A lot of Dengar questions. So. Dengar? <laughs> you love Dengar. <laughs> the fuck is Dengar? It's a bounty hunter in, in Star Wars. Does he want to look like a giant insect? No, he uh, has like a, a white face mask. Not a mask on, but like a... It looks like toilet paper? Yeah, yeah. Like he's like wrapped that. in toilet paper? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Okay. That's Den guy. Yeah. So. Oh, man. I think you're thinking of Bosk, the the green lizard-looking dude. Oh, you're, are you talking to Forlom? Michael, I don't Maybe fucking what know the what hell the hell is hell going on. So don't, you know how I know Bosk? From fucking Robot Chicken Star Wars. That's how I know oh, Bosk. Nice. Yeah. And Dengar. Dengar, yeah. yeah. I forgot he was in that. Did you just correct my pronunciation? What'd you say? Dengar. Dengar, yeah. Okay. Don't correct my pronunciation. I don't think I did. Uh, you might have. I feel like if I did, it was an unintentional. Don't, don't Star Wars explain me, all right? I will Star Wars explain you all goddamn day. <laughs> so, uh, when I tell you that my, my 12-year-old was like, Hey, one of my friends listens to your podcast. Oh, no, yeah. I was like, uh, tell him to stop. Oh, yeah. God. That's not good. That's not a good thing. Well, this is the last episode. Yeah. Yep. yep, that'll do it, folks. Like, Thanks. All right. Uh, let's, uh, let's do this. That's the uh, end of the Glorious Pastors. Thanks for uh, yep. stopping by, everybody. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Goodbye. For real, yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, Brandon texted off and like, hey, I've got some content in case you guys cancel. And I was like, yeah, you might want to put a pin in that, buddy. And Gloria's Pastors Podcast. <laughs> Tyler, stop listening. Turn it off, Tyler. <laughs>